my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am concluding Jesse's Ladies series with, now I said I would do this in two parts. I'm actually just going to do both parts in one episode. So yes, it will be a little long. The episode, of course, I'm referring to is Season 1, Episode 19, and Episode 20, The Seven Month Itch, Part 1, and Part 2. Part 1 aired March 11th, 1988. In this episode, Jesse is fed up with his lack of privacy and family responsibilities, especially when they interfere with his love life. So I'm going to go through Part 1, and then I'm going to read... Part two, and then we're just, we're going to jump right into the episodes. All right, so it's got a 7.1 out of 10. It was directed by Lee Chalette Chamel. Again, I apologize if I mispronounce. We got the writer Jeff Franklin, of course. Let's see here. We also have, let's look at the cast list. We have Chelsea Noble playing Samantha. A year later, she would go on to Growing Pains and become Mike Seaver's girlfriend and eventually Kirk Cameron's wife, who they are still married today. Let's see here. Do we have any trip? We do. Okay. This is the first of four episodes in which Mary-Kate Olsen and Ashley Olsen appear on screen together. Yes, it's this one. It's season four's Greek week. It's season five's The Devil Made Me Do It. And the series finale, Michelle Rides Again, part two. All right. Chelsea Noble, who plays Samantha, became the sister-in-law of Candace Cameron Bure when she married her elder brother, Kirk Cameron, in 1991. Kirk appeared in the previous episode, Just One of the Guys. The music and effects track Audible on Master Tape for this episode featured a mystifying score, music score, all throughout Jesse's dream. This was eventually muted for the broadcast, but it is preserved in all foreign dubs. Okay, interesting. <clears throat> in the dream sequence with two Michelles, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen appear together on screen for the very first time. Since they take turns playing Michelle, they usually only appear one at a time. In this scene, Mary-Kate is the first to enter Uncle Jesse's room, and Ashley comes in after. When they stand next to each other by Uncle Jesse's bed, Mary-Kate is on the left, and Ashley is on the right. When the whole family appears, Danny is holding one. Danny is the one holding Mary-Kate, and Joey is the one holding Ashley. Okay, this is a mega Olsen fan here we got, guys. They are very detailed, which there's nothing wrong with that. All right, we got goofs. Crew or equipment visible. After Michelle takes the $5 bill from Jesse, she walks away to a door. When the camera view changes to show her walking away, a person can be seen 
Walking out of the shot in the doorway, Michelle is walking too. I will definitely check for that. Character error. When Jesse hands Michelle the cash, he tells her it's five bucks. However, there are multiple bills and one of them is clearly a five. Continuity. When Jesse and Samantha come in from playing tennis, she shuts the door. When the door is next visible, it stands wide open even though no one touched it. Well, we all know they film these scenes multiple times. If they get them in one take, that's cool. But a lot of times, something either goes wrong, someone flubs a line, or something is visible that shouldn't be. Just a lot of things can happen in a shot that shouldn't be in the shot. So that's why you gotta do retakes. Errors and ge geography. I agree 100%. Not only with this person, but the How Rude podcast, when they cover this episode, it makes 100,000% correctness, as this seems like the most viable option if your plane ride, if it's, you know, if it's canceled, if you can't get to Disneyland, because that's the thing, the family's going to Disneyland without Jesse, he's staying home to watch the house and get the mail. The family could have just driven to Disney, Disneyland if they couldn't fly there due to fog, since San Francisco isn't that far from Los Angeles and Orange County. Yes, it's fog. Fog clears up. It doesn't stay the whole day. But then again, I've never been to California, so I don't know. I'm just going based on my own hypothesis and hunch. Miscellaneous. They couldn't go to Disneyland because of fog, but there was no fog outside. Well, we don't know how far their house is from the airport. Just because it's sunny in one area doesn't mean it's not going to be raining in the next city over. You just, you never know. Okay, let's see here. User reviews. Okay, we got one. 7 out of 10, <laughs> 7 out of 10 from Mitch RMP, too much for this single guy, December 8th, 2013. It's finally getting to Jesse. He's expecting to have a nice, quiet, romantic weekend with his current girlfriend. With the entire family gone to Disneyland for the weekend, she'll be able to stay there with him and they can enjoy each other's company all they want. But when bad weather grounds their flight, the Tanner family has no choice but to return home. Uh, again, no. Rent a car. That should have been plan that should have been their backup plan. If something happens to the flight and we can't get there, well we got a car on standby. Boom. There you go. I mean, think about it. What if when they went to Oh, where were they driving to Lake Tahoe in season two or did they fly? I can't remember. Jesse is quite upset. It seems that now he has all these responsibilities, and let's face it, he's not ready to grow up. So when he takes, when he can't take it anymore, he writes a note and splits. What will the show ever do without Uncle Jesse? That honestly, let me uh, read part two, and then I'll get to my opinion real quick. All right, so part two would have aired on March 18th, 1988, episode 20. In this episode, Jesse leaves a note stating he can't take it anymore and wants to get away from the family, which honestly, I'm just like, wow, that, uh, that, that's kind of harsh. It's just, it's like, hey, I'm out, bye. 
it's like but these girls they're your nieces and they really and I wonder what the seven month or the six month itch I know that's got to be a saying and what kind of is behind that so Stephanie and DJ fear he's moving out like he's not going to be here this is just the start of it so they call and tell him Michelle is really sick, so he'll rush home, since apparently he is the only one to be able to give Michelle her medicine. This has got a 7.2 out of 10, based on 316 ratings. And we got Gary Griffin, part of Jesse and the Rippers, as Gary. We also, again, have Chelsea Noble as Samantha. We got Russ Petrina. I'm surprised that they don't have the same person directing both episodes, but it's not like it matters. So Jeff Franklin apparently needed some help on this episode. He's got a hand, he's got uh, a few other people on standby to help write this episode. He's got Russell Marcus. He's got Leonard, or as he was credited in, in 88, Lenny Rips. He's got Kim Weisskopf and Rob Edwards to help him write this second part. Because even though the first part is great, it's the second part that really counts. It brings it brings it home. All right, we got some <laughs> trivia. Jesse had a total of sixteen flashbacks of Michelle or himself during the baby love sequence. Chelsea Noble, who plays Samantha, became we have already covered that in part one. This is the only time DJ and Stephanie speak directly to Gary. Even then, the characters do not share screen time while they talk. No, they don't. I don't think they've ever spoken to another Ripper band member. All right, we got Mitch RMP again leaving a review. He leaves this one a 6 out of 10. Oh, he knocked it off a point. Jesse, come home. Just like Lassie, come home. This is from December 8th, 2013. Uh... So, he pretty much covered the majority of the first... Okay, here we go. Okay. Sorry, it sounds like I'm all over the place. I just woke up like half an hour ago, and it's 9.07 in the morning right now. All right. Fed up with never having any privacy and all the responsibility of family, Jesse takes off with his buddies to go skiing. He calls home long enough to give his number in case of emergency. When the girls learn, they fear Jesse will never come back and will, in fact, move out. So they call him and leave a message that Michelle is sick. When Jesse rushes home and learns that there, that it was a lie, he's mad and starts to take off again. There is a heart-to-heart -heart conversation at the end between the three men that is very heartwarming and true. Jesse learns the value of his parental responsibilities. Happy that he decided to stay. This episode, yeah, guys, this episode is really heavy in regards to the girls, lo the girls lost their mother not even a year ago. Hasn't even been a year. Then their uncle, their one blood connection to their mother comes in. An uncle who we learn in this episode just kind of comes by, you know, he used to come by for, you know, Christmas, you know, holidays, Christmas, Thanksgivings, and, and drop off a birthday gift when he's in town. So they didn't have a strong relationship with Jesse until he moved in and started being a part of their life 
on the regular living there and everything. These girls are so attached to them because, you know, he, he's their uncle. He, he helps them out, you know. He's got a great bond with the kids, especially Michelle. We see that over the course of, and in no way over the course of eight seasons were Stephanie and DJ ever jealous of Jesse's bond with Michelle like oh Uncle Jesse loves you more than us or why does Uncle Jesse hang out with you more than it's like no he yes Michelle is clearly his favorite because he pretty much had a hand in raising her she was only nine months old when Jesse moved in so he was there for a good majority of her life he's got you know close relationships with you know Stephanie and and DJ as well but and I think, honestly, that is a good groundwork, him hanging out, raising his nieces, because, you know, he and Becky end up starting their own family and having their own kids and stuff, so that was, you know, good practice and stuff to get in. But everyone at some point is going to have a breaking point to where responsibilities are getting to be a, too, a bit too much, you get a little scared, you get a little cold feet, and you start to back out and say, I don't have any free time, my life isn't my own anymore, I'm raising these kids who aren't even mine. And it's just, Jesse is used to having no real responsibilities and just, you know, coming and going as he pleases. Just, yeah, he, he never had a real place to call home. I don't know if he was living with his parents before he, he moved in, or maybe he was... I don't know, crashing on people's couches. I don't know what his living situation was prior to moving in with Danny, Joey, and the girls. But, yeah, everyone at some point, like I said, could reach their breaking point if they're pushed enough. So, that just means it's time to, like, hey, take a step back, have a conversation, say, hey, I'm getting overwhelmed. I need you guys to kind of step in and maybe give me a, a day, a weekend, just to kind of give myself some me time. Everyone needs some me time. Everyone needs their me time to be able to just, like, let me recharge. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> Before we officially get into this episode, I do want to let the Tanner Newbies, a.k.a. new listeners just joining into the podcast, know where you can listen to this podcast. On iTunes, slash Apple Podcasts, pretty much the same thing, and SoundCloud. I know there are other platforms out there that I could probably use, but I'm just like, I'm kind of happy with SoundCloud right now. So, and that's what I've been using since I started, and I'm going to stick with it. So, also... The podcast does have a Facebook page, social media. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast and the All My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. You can like it, follow it so you know which episodes I'm doing for each month because I don't go in order of air date. I don't go episode by episode, season by season. I wanted to shake things up and go based on theme. That could be a holiday, a character, just whatever pops into my mind. Also, the podcast does have an Instagram page, OMHCFHFH 
No, it's OMHC Full House Fuller House Podcast. Sorry about that. Also, the podcast does have an email address if you'd like to write in, share your Full House memories with the podcast listeners growing up with the show, either Full House or Fuller House. If you guys have any ideas for compilation videos after I've completed Full House and Fuller House, which I will be doing, completing all of the episodes of Full House, that portion will be done at the end of December 2023. We're going to wrap that up, and then we're going to full-on steam full ahead with the Fuller House episodes that I have not covered. There's probably roughly about 30 plus of them that I haven't covered, so look forward to that. But yeah, if, uh, I also want to, I got a bunch of Full House Stephanie books that I want to review for the podcast. Also, I've been seeing some really cool behind-the-scenes features on YouTube, promos, all that fun stuff. PSAs, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that this stuff was available, and it's just, just little golden beautiful nuggets in the stream I'm like oh so I'm excited that I want to be able to share those with you in little um mini podcasts I'll call them yes if you'd like to email the podcast the email is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com and if you don't write it down it's not a big deal because I do put the email address in the episode description on SoundCloud if you're curious as to the episodes I'm going to be covering, the, the themes and the series that I'm going to be covering in 2023, I did release a 2022-2023 podcast schedule that gives you an, a rundown of the episodes I'm going to be covering for wrapping up December. Actually, I'm sorry. This is January. Hooey. I'm recording this in December. So... Yes, once we wrap up January with this two-parter, in February, we're going to take a look at Joey's Girls. Now, his is not nearly as extensive as Joey, as Jesse's is. So we're going to have Season 2's Blast from the Past. We're going to have Season 3's Joey and Stacy and Oh Yeah, Jesse. And we're going to meet Roxy in Joey's Funny Valentine. And also... Sonny Bringus has a birthday coming up in February, so we're going to celebrate that. I haven't decided which Fuller House episode of Ramona Gibblers that I'm going to cover, but I will figure that out. Also, in January, Jody Swinton's got a birthday, and I will have already covered <laughs> Gotta Dance from Season 5, so look for that. Alright, so now that I've gotten all the fun stuff out of the way, one last little thing. If you guys have been enjoying the podcast for a while or you just started listening like a month or so ago, if you're enjoying it, like every podcast that needs support, the only thing I ask is a moment of your time. If you can go to iTunes, search the Full House Fuller House podcast, click on it. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. All five-star ratings and reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other OG Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. All right. Let's get into the seven-month itch, parts one and two. 
So we come into the episode here, and Jesse's on the cordless phone. He's telling Samantha all about a romantic weekend that he has planned. Talking about the wine that they'll drink, and for desserts, they'll have an empty house. And he's telling her how it's going to be such a romantic weekend. And I'm just like, you don't know what's going to happen. And we can see, like, just the clutter is even getting to him. The toys on the floor, stepping on the toys. He just, he wants a break from all this. Which, I mean, after seven months straight of all of that, I, I would think you would need a little time off. I mean, you got, you know, Danny and, and Joey there, too, to pick up the slack. So I don't see why taking a weekend off shouldn't be a big deal. I mean, think about it. They covered for Joey when he went on that two-week college tour and gave him that, turned that garage into a bedroom. They covered two weeks, guys. Jesse's just going for the weekend, basically. Okay, so... <laughs> He's telling her, well, they leave in about three minutes, and then if you hit all the lights, you'll make it here in four minutes. We'll be in each other's arms, and we'll be doing something called, and then Michelle, or not Michelle, <laughs> Stephanie, it was a literal ball of pent-up energy. Uncle Jesse! Just screaming in running into the living room. And Jesse says, bye, Aunt Irene, which I think is kind of odd being his mother's name is Irene come they couldn't come up with something else even in return of grandma in the early you know part of season one his mother was there along with Joey's mother and her name was Irene someone's gotta lay off the sugar or the caffeine on this child they are all over the place screaming Disneyland, Disneyland, Uncle Jesse, we're going to Disneyland. Which, I mean, as a kid, though, I mean, if I ever got excited about anything, I mean, because I, I didn't go on trips as a kid, really. I I really didn't. We never, I don't even think we ever left the state. <laughs> so, mainly when I got excited, I'd be like, it'd be about a movie coming out or something to that effect. But, I mean, this is just, this is what kids do. They're just, and this is probably, this is their trip of the year. That's like, this is, this is it for you. This is what we're doing. And Stephanie just, I mean, it's like birthday and Christmas morning all wrapped into one. And her, her excitement is just another reason that Jesse just wants a quiet house for the weekend. I gotta get away from this. She's got enough energy that they wouldn't even need to, she could fly that plane and be there in Disneyland in a hot minute because she's got that much energy. <laughs> like, forget the pilot, put Stephanie in the seat and just zoom. <laughs> even Joey's a little like, okay, he's kind of burnt out on Stephanie's. <laughs> They're all like, Steph, calm down. Steph, come on now. Disneyland ain't going anywhere. It's still going to be there when we get there. And Joey's like, I think you need to switch the kid to decaf, Danny. Good grief. Yeah, and Danny explains to Stephanie, but it really doesn't help. Steph, the plane won't leave any earlier just because we're the first ones on it. And Stephanie, of course, gets this wrong. She says, but if we're on the first ones on it, then we're the first ones off. 
Not necessarily. Depends on where you're sitting. If you're sitting way in the back or the middle, you got to wait for everyone else, not just to get up out of their seat, but to get their overhead luggage out of their... And just all... You got to you gotta wait. And just, yeah, not to mention, just because you land doesn't mean you get off the plane right away. You got to wait for it to get up to the gate and you got to do all this other stuff and what if there's a plane that still has to come in before you and then you're waiting and it's just a whole big ball of weight basically yes Sammy says if we're the first ones on we'll be the first ones off which means we'll be the first in line for the matterhorn which I've never been to Disneyland or Disney World, so I don't know what the Matterhorn is. Uh, I guess it's a mountain with, like, bobsleds and stuff. I'm not sure whether the ride is still operating anymore. He, uh, Joey does a little <laughs> yodel, like, oh, the Matterhorn? I, I can't yodel, so I'm not going to attempt that. And DJ apparently has already been to Disneyland, so she can uh, give Steph a little uh, preview in her mind, because Stephanie says, DJ, tell me again how it's going to be at Disneyland. And DJ tells Stephanie, well, Disneyland has the greatest rides. While you're in line, Mickey and Minnie come up and hang out with you and take pictures and sign your autograph book and all that fun stuff. And Stephanie says, no, what are we yakking about? Come on, we could be there right now. Let's go. Stephanie grabs Joey's coat by the sleeve and starts pulling him towards the door. And Danny's like, Joey, open the door before she goes through it. And Jesse is so trying so hard to push that family out the door. Like, yeah, Stephanie's right. Tinkerbell's awaiting. Come on, everyone. Skedaddle. Let's go. Let's go. Stephanie is yanking this giant garment suitcase along with another suitcase and some other stuff. And Danny asks Jesse, like, Jesse, you sure you don't want to come along with us? I'm like, wouldn't he have to already have gotten his ticket, or can you get an extra one at the gate? I mean, I don't think he can do that now, maybe in 1988. And they act like Disneyland is literally just up the road from where they live. Like, you sure you don't want to come with us? And Jesse says, oh, no, are you kidding? I mean, who's going to pick up the mail? Who's going to get the newspaper? Who will feed the dog? And Danny says, we don't have a dog. And Jesse said, well, just because he's ours doesn't mean we can't feed him. Oh, and Joey says, uh, Jess, we don't have a dog. And it's just, it's funny because two, two seasons later we get Comet through, the, yeah, they get Comet through Minnie, the, gold, the golden retriever that came from Ohio. Stephanie pops back into the open door and says, Uncle Jesse, I really wish you were coming along, but if we don't leave right now, I'm gonna go bananas! And Jesse's like, yes, bananas, let's go! Get her get her to the airport. Get her on that plane. Jesse starts singing, hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to Disneyland we go. <laughs> Bye-bye! And he shuts the door and is like, oh, thank goodness we're gone. Yeah, I mean, if you live in a house with, like, eight other people, I'm sure you treasure the moment you have the place to yourself on rare occasions. Samantha, I promise this is going to be the most romantic weekend of your life. We'll have a little Chateaubriand, a little Dome Perignon. Yes, and for dessert, an empty house. <laughs> you know, the family's going away to Disneyland, yeah. 
Two points. Well, they're leaving in three minutes, so if you leave now, make all the lights, you'll be here in four minutes, and two minutes after that, you and I will be in each other's arms, gazing into each other's eyes, doing a little thing I like to call... The Hokey Pokey! Binary! What is it, kid? Samantha, she and Jesse played tennis, and Jesse is just floored at the fact that he's like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, you've been playing tennis your whole life, and I beat you. He goes, yeah, I just started today, and I beat you three straight sets. That's wild. Uh, she let you win. You know she let you win. Come on now. She's got this smile on her face like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Jesse, of course she let you win. You think on your first day you and you won three games in a row that that is just that would have been a miracle for you to do that and just win. No, she let you, especially three in a row. Yeah, she's letting you win because she starts smiling and he's like, "What's that smile?" He's like, I'm just smiling. He's like, "That's how you let me win." Smile. So. Jesse and Samantha have been dating for a month, and they just, with her living at, you know, her parents' house, they just, they haven't had time to go and have a moment alone with each other, just to hang out. I mean, I'm sure they went out on dates and whatnot, and out to eat, and driving on his motorcycle, but... Yeah, he's like, this is the first time we've had a moment alone together. And she's like, yeah, with me living at my parents' house. And Jesse says, yeah, me living at Pee Wee's Playhouse. 
And Jesse tells her, you know, we're going to celebrate this. We're going to celebrate. I'm going to make you the most romantic candlelight dinner. Why does a dinner have to really have? I mean, just because it has candlelights, does, if it doesn't have candlelights, is it not, is it not a romantic dinner? I mean, come on. I just think candlelight at dinner is just, it's a cliche, like, oh, if we don't have them, that it's not a romantic dinner, it's just dinner. So, she is down for, like, yeah, that sounds absolutely perfect. And he's like, okay, what it'll be, extra crispy or original recipe? Hands down, extra crispy all the way. My husband is more into original recipes, so if I get a bucket of chicken, then it's going to be half and half. That's just how it is. I don't know if other people out there, if you guys are partial to like, oh, I like legs and thighs, or oh, I like breasts and wings. To me, honestly, and the thing is, I work at a KFC, so <laughs> to me, the wing doesn't really seem to have much on it. It doesn't have a lot going for it. And to me, a breast is just, it's, it's too big. Sometimes the meat just feels dry. But I just, I don't know. I just, I love, like, the thighs and the legs. They're nice handheld. Like, yeah, that's just... Just, just enough, you know, meat for you. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to offend anyone out there that doesn't, you know, eat meat and stuff like that. So I apologize. So Samantha goes to get cleaned up and says, oh, I'll be thinking about you. And we get a have mercy from Jesse. I like his tennis outfit. I really do. It's a, it's like a bluish, a light bluish gray with blue and black thin stripes on the, on the short sleeves and then a long big stripe starting from his neck going down the sleeve of his shirt. You know, it's amazing. I mean, you've been playing tennis all your life. I just started today and I beat you three straight sets. That's wild. What are you smiling about? Nothing. I'm just smiling. You're not just smiling. That's what you let me win smile, isn't it? Well? Tell me you didn't let me win. I didn't let you win. Oh, she let me win. <laughs> you tough guys are so cute. You think you're cute. <laughs> oh, man, this is great. Listen, nothing. Sammy, do you realize that you and I have been going out a month, and this is the first time we met alone together? I know. With me living at my folks' house. Yeah, me living at Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> but tonight... You and I will play house. <laughs> you know what? We're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate. I'm going to make you the most romantic candlelight dinner you've ever had in your whole life. Ooh, that sounds perfect. So, what will it be? Extra crispy or original recipe? <laughs> That's cute. I'm going to go take a shower. And I'll be thinking about you. Have mercy. And if you hear me laughing, it's because I'm thinking of your backhand. Look out! Jesse's in the kitchen getting a veggie platter set up on the table. He's got some rolled napkins, silverware, candles, wine, wine glasses. He's got champagne chilling in a bucket of ice. And he even got this lacy tablecloth draped over it. And he's got one plate at one end of the <laughs> table and then the other at the other one. It's like, you're like miles away from each other. But 
I guess what they say. I mean, why don't you just have you on the side and then the uh, and then Samantha on the other side so it's not like you're looking across the table at your dinner guest 20 feet away from you. Oh, now we actually changed it so the plates are literally right next to each other. Okay. You don't got to be 20 plus feet away from your dinner guest. Makes it easier for conversation. She could even be across from you so you're, you know, making eye contact and everything like that. So he pours some wine or champagne, not sure which, and he goes to take one up to Samantha who's getting cleaned up. Oh, and he keeps like moving the champagne glass so her arm keeps reaching farther out the door. And Jesse says, I'm going to slip into my evening attire. And then he goes into his room. Downstairs, though, the family returns. And the only, I mean, they're all bummed, but Stephanie is by far the, the bummest. She is the bummest. That is not even a word. She is, she's just bumming. You know, didn't work out. Could have rented a car, could have rented a vehicle, and driven there. Why? I mean, did they get their tickets refunded? Not just plane tickets, but also tickets to the park? I mean, this just sounds like, Disneyland is not like, hey, let's just up and go to Disneyland or Disney World or whatever. That is something that takes planning because there's a lot more to it. This is speaking from someone who's never been to either of them. And it's just, it's, it's a thing. It's a whole thing that I think takes like a bit of planning, especially when you got a family. Where are you going to stay? What are you going to eat? You got to pre-order your meals? You got to pre-order which parks you're going to go to? There are YouTube videos that give how-to tutorials and the way to get the best deals for the prices that you want to pay. Yeah, DJ says missing Disneyland isn't the end of the world. I'm like, yeah, speaking from someone who's already been there. Thank you, DJ. <laughs> like, you're one to talk. You've been there. Stephanie hasn't. Michelle isn't even going to remember because she's not even a year old. I don't understand this. Because Joey's like, oh, you know, airplanes can't fly when it's foggy. I'm thinking, then, so the flight wasn't even delayed. It was just flat out canceled. I mean, it's a fog stain the entire day. Eventually, fog does clear up. I mean, it doesn't stay the whole day. I would have been like, fine, okay, you know what? That's not going to work out. Plan B, I'll rent a car real quick. We got everything we need, and we'll just go. We'll just drive. So it looks like as far as driving there, you're looking at a f almost six-hour drive time. It's 408 miles, which that can easily be done. I mean, either way, I mean, I'm just kind of curious. If that's the case, then how long does it take to actually fly there? So it looks like the flight time would be like an hour and five minutes. So it'd take you almost five hours. And that's in light traffic. So if you have construction going on, lane closures, it's probably going to take longer. So you're doing that. It's like, and you got kids, like, have stuff, you know, books, what have you, to keep them occupied. Stephanie comes in stomping her feet, just looking like the saddest girl in the world. She says, I hate fog. Birds can fly in fog. We should have taken a bird. 
And Danny says, look, Steph, I promise, we'll go to Disneyland another time. It's not a big deal. But to someone who's had their heart set on it, they probably had this plan for months, guys. And just, she's, the excitement's been building. She's probably been counting down the days on a calendar. And just to finally, oh, we can't go? It's, it's just, there's no reason. There is no reason they couldn't have just driven. You got Danny and Joey. I mean, if you want to split the six-hour drive to go there, cool. Oh, come on, DJ. You know this is not a comparison. She's like, oh, look. Yeah, it was Michelle's first time, too. Look how well she's taking it. Deej, we all know that Michelle would not remember that. <laughs> and Stephanie is just like, what is she? What would she know? She puts her food up her nose. So this is not a consolation prize in my eyes, and neither is it for Stephanie. It's like, hey, look, Steph, I got a plan B, all right? We're going to make tonight family fun night right here at home. I'm like, take her out to eat, take her to Chuck E. Cheese, take her to a movie. I I mean, I'm sorry, but Tanner family fun night does not compare to uh, Disneyland and Mickey Mouse. It's just, it doesn't. Take her to Toys R Us, let her pick out whatever toy she wants. Boom. Give her a $50 limit and say, Steph, you're going to pick out whatever you want for 50 bucks. Joey asks, come on, what could be more fun with that? And she says, I'll tell you, it starts with a D and ends with a land. Stephanie runs upstairs and DJ races after her. And Michelle's hanging out of her playpen going, what just happened? <laughs> and Danny looks at Joey and says, these disappointments are really tough on a six-year-old. I mean, yeah, I mean, come on, it would be disappointing for anyone. I mean, think about it. You plan this trip for months, months in advance. Something happens that for whatever reason you can't go. Wouldn't you be more than a little disappointed? I mean, maybe some adults can handle it more. I mean, I know, like, if I look forward to something and something happens and you've been, like, looking forward to it for months or even a year and there's just a major setback, it's like, well, unfortunately, it's just not going to happen this year. And it's just like, but my whole year has been spent dreaming of this and now you're saying it's got to be put off. <sighs> but, I mean... Kids bounce back easily, and he it's like, we can go another time. It's not like Disneyland isn't going to be there six months from now. I mean, because even though, yeah, there is an episode down the road, either season two or three, where Stephanie mentioned, DJ and Stephanie do mention going to Disneyland. Or at least, maybe... Stephanie mentions that to, yeah, that's right. She was Stephanie and Michelle were talking about it. Like, yeah, remember that time we went to Disneyland and blah blah blah. I mean, and that's before the season six Disney World uh, season finale. So they did get there eventually. <laughs> I just wish we could have had more about her. That would have been probably her, maybe her first trip or second. We don't know. Maybe they go on. Maybe they got a yearly pass. They go every year. I don't know. Apparently, Joey's disappointed. He's like, oh, I still can't believe we missed Captain Eel. I don't know who that is. All these references I'll never get because I'll never go to Disneyland. 
But I don't know. Honestly, I've heard people say, if you want to go to Disney, you go to Disney World, not Disneyland. Like, there's more to do, I guess, at Disney World. Maybe Disneyland is a smidge smaller, I'm guessing. But then again, also, there's, like, Harry Potter World, which I think that would be really awesome. Because I love Harry Potter, I, even though I've only read the books once through completion from like 2000 all the way to, I think I finished the last book in 2007. That last book was a slog, let me tell you. It was just crazy. Okay, let's go. Come on, Steph. Missing Disneyland isn't the end of the world. Hey, you know airplanes can't fly when it's foggy. I hate fog. Birds can fly in fog. We should have taken a bird. Steph, I promise. We'll go to Disneyland another time. Yeah, it was Michelle's first time, too. Look how well she's taking it. What does she know? She puts her food up her nose. Steph, I'll tell you what. I got a great idea. We're going to make tonight family fun night right here at home. Hey, what could be more fun than that? I'll tell you what, something that starts with a D and ends with a land. These disappointments are really tough on a six-year-old. I still can't believe we missed Captain E.O. So while Jesse's in the kitchen again getting this dinner all set up for him and Samantha, he has no idea that the family's come home. Because they all go up the stairs from the living room. And DJ asks Stephanie, like, hey, Steph, what do you want to do tonight? And Stephanie just looks at DJ over her shoulder and says, mope. Like, I'm depressed. Nothing is going to get me out of this. And DJ follows Stephanie into her room, <laughs> into their room. Joey takes... Michelle into her room to sit her, settle her down for the night. And then Danny also went, well, I'll go tell Jesse who he thinks is, you know, in the bathroom taking a shower, getting cleaned up. Like, oh, I'll tell him we're back. <sighs> Seriously, if someone's in the shower, don't knock on the door. It's not an emergency. The house isn't on fire. Let them finish. And then guess what? You can just say, hey, we're back. It's going to be a surprise and a shock for him anyway. Like, I thought I had the place to myself for at least the weekend. What happened? Instead, <laughs> Danny sees Samantha's, it's like a, it's like a, a slip or something that would go under your, you know, a lady would wear under her clothes. And Danny makes a joke, hey Jess, do you normally dress like this when we are out of the house? And that's when, well yeah, because when he's like, hey Jess, we're back, and then he, Danny closes the door, and then Samantha peeks her head out and is like, what was that, Jess? Danny, again, sees Samantha there. Yeah, Danny first knocks on the door. Opens and says, hey, Jesse, we got fogged in. We're back, back, just letting you know. And when Danny closes the door, Samantha, she pops her head out and she's like, oh, what'd you say, Jess? And 
Okay, so that's not a slip that a lady would wear under her clothes. That is a lingerie nightie. Why? Why Danny goes back in there again? I will never understand. Yeah, he got, Danny goes over to the lingerie, puts his hand on it like he's feeling the fabric, and asks, Hey, Jess, do you wear these clothes every time we go out of the house? And that's when Samantha pops her head back out, and she's shocked to see Dan, Danny. She's shocked, like, who is this lady? I don't think they met Samantha. If they did, they'd recognize her. You gotta have mercy from Danny, and it just, coming out of Danny's mouth, it does not sound right at all. And Samantha <laughs> looks at Danny just shocked, and just like she's, because her head is just poking out of the shower curtain, she asks, you're not Jesse. And Danny, whose eyes are as round as pancakes, he's like, neither are you. Like, there's a strange woman he's never met taking a shower in his house, in his bathroom. Danny, come on now. You're a grown man. Relax. There's no reason to be that bashful and embarrassed. Because she enters, she says, I'm Samantha. And, and Danny's like, I- I'm me. I mean, I'm Danny. I mean, that's short for Daniel. And he says, oh, uh, that's long for Dan. Who has ever called you Dan? Maybe on occasion, Jesse will call Danny Daniel, but that's when he's trying to be serious. I don't think, no, we have never heard Joey called Danny Daniel. They, none of them have ever called him Dan. Although Danny once referred to himself as Dirty Dan during that uh, Adventures in Babysitting <laughs> episode where Jesse and Joey invite their poker buddies over and Danny's kind of slumming it with the sideways hat and the clothes that he pulled out of the hamper. <laughs> they call me Dirty Dan. And Danny <laughs> goes to exit. Samantha said, oh, maybe I should go get dressed. And he's and Danny's like, oh, no, not in there. Your clothes will get wet. Um, and then he goes to leave, and then he walks into the wall. Like, oh, yeah, the door used to be over there. No, it didn't. Yeah, and Danny, it's like, Danny, just go. Why do you keep having to explain yourself? He's like, oh, imagine, my surprise, I mean, imagine if you walked in and saw me in here. It's like, Danny, you need to go, okay? Turn around, walk out the door, and shut the door. There you go. Danny, she knows where the shampoo and conditioner is. She's probably already used it at this point. I'm looking at him like, can you please leave? I'm really uncomfortable. And he mentions, oh, there's woolite underneath the uh, bathroom counter in case you want to soak any of your fine washables. Seth, what do you want to do tonight? Mope. I'll drop off the kids. I'll let Jesse know we're back. Jesse, we got fogged in. We're back. What'd you say, Jess? Hey, Jess. You wear these clothes every time we leave the house? <laughs> Have mercy. You're not Jesse. Neither are you. I'm Samantha. Uh, I'm me. Uh, Danny. That's, uh, short for Daniel. It's long for Dan. Look, maybe I should just get dressed. Oh, no, no, not in there. Your clothes would get wet. Excuse me. 
door used to be over there. I'm really sorry. Imagine my surprise. Imagine if you came in and saw me in the shower. Then you'd really be sorry, trust me. Oh, uh, there's, uh, there's shampoo and conditioner uh, in there. And uh, there's some uh, Willite uh, on the shelf in case you want to uh, soak a fine washable. Thank you. I'm just thinking, while Danny was in there talking to Samantha, he had the door wide open. You got Joey in Michelle's room with Michelle. You got the girls in their room. Anybody, anybody could have walked past that hallway. I mean, granted, her head was the only thing poking out. But I'm like, seriously? What's to say? Oh, like, hey, Danny, what's going on? And Joey comes in. And then the girls come in like, oh, what's going on? Who are you? That would have been embarrassing. So... Danny is now calling for Jesse, enough, loud enough that Jesse could actually hear from downstairs. And he's like, oh, no, they couldn't be back, could they? Jesse looks like he's made either a really thick steak or some type of a small roast. But it looks really good either way. You get the, um, the leopard and zebra oven mitts that Stephanie wears in the chicken pox episode a pox in the house and I just oh those are so cool I don't know if someone made them for the show or whether you could actually purchase those but those are pretty pretty cool looking I would I would love those so Jesse runs upstairs and just as he zips up the stairs here come Joey Stephanie and DJ to see this food set out a meal that's not for them at all and they just start like picking at it there's shrimp there's veggies there's little round baguette pieces of bread yeah notice how they don't really see that there's two plates there's two candles lit and they're all they're thinking about is trying to cheer up stephanie saying hey stephanie let's take a trip to dinnerland is that supposed to be the Matterhorn thing with the, it sounds like blowing into those wooden like train type whistle things that makes a train sound. It's kind of similar to what Joey's doing. Stephanie, it's like, I, I can't even with this right now, Joey. I'm, I'm not in a good mood. Because she puts her hand and like, like basically face plants into her palm like, <laughs> uh, please stop, Joey. I don't want to entertain this at all I, I appreciate you trying but i i just i can't right now wow could candace cameron be any more excited with she's just i mean she is grinning ear to ear with joey's impression i mean she she's excited she's hoping that stephanie can be excited by this and turn her frown upside down but it's just nothing is working those are like little kind of um mini slices of bread and Joey's taken two little slices turned them into a mouth and it's like oh here I love shrimp because there's shrimp hanging on a little uh, glass crystal dish on like kind of like stemware and there's like cocktail sauce which I've never been a fan of anyway I mean I like shrimp but I like uh like long john silver is the kind that is like fried in batter <laughs> 
<laughs> shrimp just by itself, I'm like, no. And honestly, if I had to choose between shrimp and crab, I would 100% go crab. Imitation crab. And he takes the shrimp and makes it look like the, the bread mouth is eating it. <laughs> wow, Stephanie is just like, just look at just like, whoa, Joey, are you for real right now? She looks kind of weirded out, like, hey. <laughs> Normally I laugh at, I would laugh at this any other day of the week, but uh, I can't find humor in this right now. <laughs> jo Jesse comes down, takes off his apron, and he sees them, Joey, just playing with the food. And it's like, no, this must be for me. My date, what are you doing? Joey, get away from that. They're all hanging out. <laughs> Even... <laughs> Even DJ is just helping, they're helping themselves to his meal. Like, oh, hey, Jess, how's it going? Yeah, we're back early. Yeah, fuck, you know how it is. Jesse's like, what are you guys doing here? You're supposed to be in Disneyland right now. And Sammy says, I'll tell you why. Because of fog. That's why we're here. That's not, that's why we're not sleeping in the Magic Kingdom right now. He says, why aren't you guys at Disneyland? And Stephanie says, fog, fog, fog. Ugh, I hate fog. Annie comes down seriously. Hey, Jessie, I uh, just met your friend upstairs. She's very, um, uh, clean. Come on, Joey. Seriously, you know you did. You know you definitely put a damper. It's like, oh, Jess, hey, I'm sorry. I hope we didn't ruin your weekend. Well, since you are shoveling his nicely prepared food into your mouth, Joey, without a care in the world, you really don't seem that bothered that you messed up his weekend. Yeah, he's like, oh, Joey, why would you think that? Just because I've been waiting a month to be with Sam. Okay, hold on a sec, okay? So he's been waiting a month, right? She lives with her parents. Jesse lives there. Um, is Samantha not allowed to spend the night at some like renting a hotel somewhere or, or going away for a weekend getaway in a cabin somewhere. I mean, she, in part two, they do that. They end up going with the Rippers, of course, the Buds, and go get, going in to Lake Tahoe to go to a cabin. You could have done that this weekend. Why did you have to be at the house? You got, I mean, come on, really? No one can prepare for that. No one's like, oh, well, uh, if something happens, we probably should have do something somewhere else that isn't in the house. Heaven forbid, you know, something like it's canceled and they can't rent a car and they can't go to Disneyland and then they end up coming back and ruining our weekend. I mean, just it, it, the fact that he, a whole month, guys, for them to be alone. Is she in college and she just doesn't have the time and he doesn't have the time to get away? I don't know. I want to. I don't want to watch this any more than I probably already have. Stephanie, of course, tells him, "You know, I've been waiting five and a half years to go to Disneyland." Ugh. Both Jesse and Steph are bumming hard right now. They really are. Again, she says, "I hate fog," and puts her head down on her folded arms at the table. And Jesse says, "I really hate fog," and he kind of does the same thing, puts his head down on his arm on the table. Oh, no, couldn't be. Could it?
Steph, this is great. Let's take a trip to Dinnerland. <laughs> Dinnerland, there's lots of fun here. Oh, I love it here in Dinnerland. Oh, shrimp. Oh, yum, 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 yum. Upstairs. She's very clean. I sure hope we didn't ruin your weekend, Jeff. Oh, no. Why would you think that? It's because I've been waiting a month to be with Sam. I've waited five and a half years to go to Disneyland. I hate fog. I really hate fog. So I I honestly really don't like this that Danny is forcing this family fun night on everyone including Stephanie who just wants to go in a room and just be alone for a bit. I honestly think that's acceptable. If she doesn't want to be around anyone right now cuz she's upset, don't force this on her, Danny. And also, with Jesse and Samantha let them go hang out and go somewhere. Why do they need to be included in this? Ugh. It's like, no, Stephanie can't feel bad for a second about this because now she's forced to be included in a sing-along that she wants no part of. Yeah, they're going to sing the song If You're Happy and You Know It, Clap Your Hands because Danny hands a guitar to Jesse and hands the tambourine to DJ. Danny asks, hey, Jesse, you know if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, right? And Jesse says, oh, yeah, that was on Motley Crue's first Christmas album, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just... The only ones that seem to... Samantha apparently really seems to be into that. Joey as well, because Samantha has Michelle sitting on her lap and clapping her hands for her. DJ's got the tambourine, and Danny turns it over to Steph. Come on, Steph, take it! And she's like, if you're happy and you know it, then your smile will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> she doesn't want to do this. Don't force her. Jesse could not be rolling his eyes any harder now if he tried. And Samantha asks, do you guys have this fun, much fun every night? And Jesse says, yeah, hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> Danny sits down next to Stephanie, who's sitting on this ottoman. And asks, oh, Steph, aren't you having a good time? What do you think of that song? And she says, well, it's no country bear jamboree. Danny just wants her to put this out of her mind and forget about it. Like, sweetie, we didn't go to Disneyland. We're not going right now. We're not going today or tomorrow. So you need to... Basically, he just wants her to get over it and stop feeling sad. Like, you can't let your kids feel sad for a second. Row, row, row your boat. Now that's the next song. He just wants to keep the sing-along going. And DJ says, Dad, that's dopey. Oh, you had to say one of the dwarf's names. <laughs> Somebody says, Dopey, don't say that. Ugh. Yeah, he's like, honey, it's been a long day. I get it. You're tired. You're worn out. You're grumpy. Oh, there's another dwarf name getting thrown out there. And he's like, oh, honey, I'm sorry. I meant you were very sleepy. 
exhausted. She's like, you were gonna say sleepy. And she t- she looks up at Danny and says, thanks for trying, but family fun night is just no fun. It's like, can I just be alone tonight? I'll do whatever you want to do tomorrow, but just give me this. Just let me have my alone time. Let me go cry it out into a pillow, and you guys can continue on with your family fun night. <laughs> and with that, Stephanie runs upstairs. And Joey's like, ugh, I guess that puts a damper on Simon. So, you guys, come on. Just leave it. Let Jesse and Samantha go and do their thing, whatever it is, going out to eat, a movie, what have you. Let Stephanie wallow in her sadness. And you and DJ... And Danny and Michelle all play a board game. DJ volunteers to go talk to Stephanie. What are you gonna st- What are you gonna say, Steph? That uh, that or DJ? What are you gonna help? How are you gonna help Stephanie cheer up? You're not. Because the thing is, DJ's been there. So how is she gonna be able to really? <laughs> Wait to Stephanie, or is she going to say, oh yeah, I know you're sad about Disneyland, but there's this one time that I wanted to go someplace and we didn't get to go, and I was really bummed out about it, but I got over it, or something to that effect. Dan, Joey hands Michelle off to Danny, and they're both kind of sharing the seat on the, I guess you could even call it a a stool footrest kind of thing going on, and they're just kind of hanging out there. It's like, Jesse and Samantha want to hang out in the living room alone. Can you guys go anywhere else in the house to do whatever? Go play chess or checkers or something. Even Jesse's like, <clears throat> can you please not be here right now, Danny and Joey? Michelle can stay, but you guys... Go somewhere else. <laughs> Joey is not getting the message. He puts an arm around Danny. Like, mm-hmm, yeah, I hear you, Jess. <sighs> Joey, read the room. I <laughs> Danny just turns and looks at Joey like, why? What are we doing here, man? What? Why are you nodding at me like that? And Danny says, hey, Joey, why don't you and I uh, go into the kitchen so, uh, uh, and Joey says, oh, yeah, so Jesse can stop making that face. Samantha's just like, <laughs> oh, Jesse, you're so cute. I mean, yeah, when he loses the mullet, sure, but not right now. Mullet, to me, is very distracting. So Jesse revels in the fact that he and Samantha are finally alone, and Samantha says, your family is just terrific. She can't get enough of this family togetherness. And she says, I had a great time tonight. And he's like, but we could have had a really great time tonight. Like, Jesse, I get it. Your plans were ruined. So, so was Stephanie's. You guys could go hang out. Go to a movie. Go, I don't know, go play pool somewhere if that's what you're into. Go walk on a beach, on a beach somewhere in the moonlight. I mean, people like to do that, apparently. I don't. I've never done that in my life. So... Samantha suggests, hey, we'll do that tomorrow night. How about we go to this amazing bed and breakfast in Napa Valley? So apparently that idea is out because Jesse has to babysit Michelle tomorrow. 
Oh boy, do you gotta step in and say, "Hey, Joey, Danny, I need some t- me time. I need to get away for a bit," and I'm sure they will gladly work that out for you. You don't need to run away from home. And she says, "Hey, another time then. You know they gotta get that little girl to Disneyland someday, and they do. We never see it, but we do see when they go to Disney World, and uh, the end of season six. <laughs> so like five years later." So, Jesse and Samantha kiss, and in toddles baby Michelle, and she's just kind of standing there. Jesse breaks away from the kiss, turns and sees Michelle and says, S, what are you doing here, kiddo? And then he pulls money out of his shirt pocket and says, oh, here, here's five bucks. Go see a movie. Now, the person that had done the goof with the money saying there's more than $5 there. Absolutely. I say a, I see a $5 bill. I see a $10 bill. I see at least two to three ones there. So that looks like at least $17 that he's handing this toddler. <laughs> she takes it and the toddles off. So the person that they were saying was standing in the doorway there as Michelle toddles around the corner, that was actually Bob Saget just waiting for the Olsen baby to uh, round the corner. Okay, are we ready for family fun night? Yeah! Hot dog. Hot dog. I know, let's sing your favorite one from school. I got it all planned. Here we go. Jess, you play the guitar. DJ, you play the tambourine. Jess, do you know uh, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands? Oh, yeah, that was on Motley Crue's first Christmas album, right? <laughs> on three, everybody. One, two, three. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Take a step. If you're happy and you know it, tell your smile, surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Hey, wasn't that festive? Next verse. On three. One, two, three. If you're happy and you know it, stop your feet. Everybody. so that uh, so that uh, Jesse doesn't have to make that face. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe it, sport? We're finally alone. 
You know, your family's terrific. I had a great time tonight. Yeah, but we could have had a really great time tonight. Well, let's do it tomorrow night. I know, this terrific bed and breakfast place in the Napa Valley. Uh, that sounds so... so frustrating. I promised I'd babysit the munchkin tomorrow night. <sighs> well, another time. Hey, they've got to get that little girl to Disneyland Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to miss you tonight. I love how when Michelle toddles off with the money, <laughs> Jesse just kind of grins like, oh, that kid. <laughs> Michelle is wearing these, they're almost like parachute pants. They're so just, they're so big on this kid. Now we go up to Stephanie and DJ's room. Stephanie is just sprawled out on her bed, face up, staring at nothing. Just really, just really sad. Which is under, you know, she's, she's bummed. Who wouldn't be? You wait half a year more to go to Disneyland, which probably maybe was the trip that Danny had planned for the girls, you know, after their mom died, like, hey, I'll take them to Disneyland. I think it's not the same as without, you know, or or what if they don't plan to go? And then sadly, you know, Pam passed on. And then Danny's like, well, we're still going to go on the trip. I'm kind of wondering, like, what if that was the case? They'd already planned it at least a year in advance. And they'd gotten their tickets, they made their reservations, all that stuff. And, you know, this was the one highlight of Stephanie's year to look forward to. And just not to be able to go, it's just, uh, I can see how she would just be extremely just disappointed. DJ comes in and asks Stephanie how she's doing. And Stephanie says, I've been better. Yeah, DJ, stop this I-know-how-you-feel business because you don't. Stephanie even calls her on. She says, no, you don't. You've been to Disneyland. DJ comes back with, yeah, but I know what it's like not to get what you want. Oh, yeah, I'm sure she's going to bring up, remember the time I wanted to keep my own room, but instead I had a room with you? No, I don't think that's a good example. I don't think she uses that either. Oh, the Opal cereal commercial. Yes. That's right, and how Stephanie, well, that's not Stephanie's thought, fault, Deej, if you want to blame someone, you go, you call that director up, and you say, hey, Mr. O-Boat Man, why did you choose my sister over me? Because they wanted to go with someone younger who didn't sound and present themselves like they're reading from cue cards. It, it honestly pays sometimes just to be yourself. Yeah, and yeah, DJ says, yeah, remember that? Remember why I didn't get the commercial and you did? Did I mope? And Stephanie tells her, no, you chased me around the kitchen table and practically trying to kill me. So, not your best example. So, DJ's determined to make Stephanie smile. The tickle monster, or the tickle rocket. Oh, my goodness. That isn't gonna help. And that's not fair. Laughing is not, I mean, 
He's laughing because you're tickling her. Her her smile isn't genuine, if that's the case. Why are you after, like, hey, Steph, why don't we put together a puzzle, I'll read you a book, we can play a board game, whatever you want to do. But honestly, nothing is going to compare to Disneyland. It's just not. Danny comes in, he's like, oh, Steph, I'm so glad to see you happy. Danny, you can't tell the difference between someone who's genuinely smiling because they are happy and someone who's being tickled and laughing because that's not usually what you do when you're getting tickled. You're laughing because it tickles. I mean, has anyone ever reacted to tickling in anger? And Stephanie gets up off the bed and says, that didn't count. The tickle monster made me laugh. So Danny goes over to Stephanie and says, look, Steph, you have every reason to be sad, okay? And I completely support and understand where you're coming from. He says, okay, thank you. It's like, thank you for finally hearing me. So we do get a serious moment, of course, because here comes the serious moment music. And he tells Stephanie, Steph, I want you to think about this for a second, okay? You're not always going to get your own way. Hey, how about this? This is a great, great example of you, what you should have been telling Michelle umpteen hundred times from the course of age two all the way to the age of nine. You could have been handing that out several times over. And it's not a matter of getting her own way, Danny, either. You all were going on this. It's not like this was her alone. I mean, what is it, just because... It's her first time and everyone else is supposedly gone, so she's not allowed to be upset about this. I don't like where Danny's coming from. She's not lashing out at everyone. She's not throwing a fit. She's not throwing pillows and hitting her sister. She's not slamming doors. She's not. She wants to mope. Let her have this. She'll be back to normal tomorrow, I'm sure. But you can't even give her, like half a day to be upset about this yeah he's basically making her now feel guilty it's like while you're busy feeling bad about this you're missing out on a lot of other fun things like really like what what fun things family fun night family fun night you're telling me to suck it up and move on from the fact that i didn't get to go to disneyland and i should be happy with a consolation prize of family fun night i don't think so Danny, this is what irritates me, especially in season one. Danny does not want his kids to feel bad for a second. He always feels like they should have a smile plastered on their face. Any bad, sad feelings, push them to the back of your mind and just put a smile on your face because that's what I need to get through my day is to see you smile and be happy. That is not healthy. She even says, that wasn't so much fun. And he tells her, well, it wasn't fun for you because you didn't want it to be fun. No, Danny, it wasn't fun for anyone. I mean, Joey will go along with anything, so he doesn't really count in that regard. I mean, and you had Jesse, who, again, he could have just taken Samantha and they could have went to a bed and breakfast in Napa Valley. Well, he, Stephanie's not the only one who's disappointed and lost a weekend. Danny, you had fun because you're you and you need to hide your feelings for whatever reason. You can't, I'm going to say this again, you cannot 
force fun on someone if they don't want to have it. You can't force an emotion out of somebody if they don't want to. You just, you, you can't. Sometimes, you know what? You got to let people stew in that emotion. Just let them be for a bit. Just leave them alone. And just let them be them for a bit. Don't say, for the sake of all of us, put a smile on your face. Yeah, let's pull DJ into the... Deej, you had fun, didn't you? She's like, meh, it was all right, I guess. DJ, you had fun, right? And she's like, yeah, Dad, we had a lot... I had a lot of fun. Oh, good grief. If I don't say yes, he'll ground me. I'll cut off my $1 a week allowance. <laughs> I just love... Yeah, it was okay. And he... he Basically, he's giving Stephanie an ultimatum saying, it's up to you. You can feel bad for a little while. Shake it off and move on to the next thing. Basically, it's like, I don't want to see you sad, okay? So just put a smile on your face. And he says, you know, I think I know what you're going to do because you like to smile too much. It's a partial smile, but she's just doing that to make Danny happy. It's like, if I don't smile, he won't leave me alone. And DJ comes up with an idea. Like, hey, Steph, I know something fun we could do right now. And Stephanie says, oh, what's that? Well, hold on. it has to do with a certain monster and a certain parental figure in the room. And they both tickle him. Yeah, she says it has to do with dad and a certain monster. And she crooks her finger. Oh, they tickle him. <laughs> He's trying to fend them off by doing the, if Simon says, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Jesse, of course as he's walking upstairs to go to his room, which is directly across the hall, sees them and goes to close the door. He's like, uh, my night is ruined. I don't want to see any of this. Steph, how you doing? I've done better. I know how you feel. No, you don't. You've been to Disneyland. Yeah, but I know what it's like not to get what you want. Remember when I was supposed to do that Opal cereal commercial and you got it instead? Uh-huh. Well, what did I do? Did I moat? No, you chased me around the kitchen and tried to kill me. <laughs> okay, bad example. Well, there's only one sure way to make you smile. The Tickle Monster! Not working. Steph, I'm so glad to see you happy. That didn't count. Tickle Monster made me laugh. Stephanie, you have every reason to be sad, and I completely understand. Thank you. Look, Steph, I want you to really think about <clears throat> this. You're not always going to get your own way. And while you're spending all this time being sad about missing out on one thing, you're missing out on a lot of other fun things, like our family sing-along. That wasn't so much fun. It wasn't fun for you because you didn't want it to be fun. I had fun. Good and DJ had Danny. fun, right, Deej? Yeah, it was okay. Fine. Big fun. So it's up to you. Either you can feel sorry for yourself or you can feel bad for a little while and then shake it off and move on to the next fun thing. But I think I know what you're going to do. Because you like to smile too much, right? I guess so. Steph, I know something fun we can do right now. What? Well, it has to do with Dad and 
a certain monster. So Jesse goes into his room, throws his, his guitar on the bed. Joey comes in with a pint of Hagen dazs that he's uh, enjoying and asks Jesse what's up. Jesse looks at him and he's like, you know, it seems like every time I come into this room, there are, are more pink bunnies than I am comfortable with. I'm like, well, Jesse, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that was Stephanie's room. You just have to deal with it. Joey makes a joke like, oh, you know how rabbits are. So Jesse asks Joey to sit down on the bed. He, he wants to have a one-on-one -on -one talk. He's like, Joey, can I talk? Well, can I talk a man to, uh, uh, well, you? And Joey's like, yeah, man, what's up? Hey, again, sorry about wrecking your night with Samantha. I know that you had been wanting, you know, looking forward to that for a while. So, yeah, Jesse is kind of real with Joey for a minute. He's like, you know, let me ask you a question, Joey. Since we're both kind of in this situation, we're both single bachelors, we're both living under this roof, helping Danny take care of the girls. Doesn't living here kind of get to you every once in a while? Just kind of like, uh, you feel like your life really isn't your own anymore? Like you can't really go out and do what you want? And Joey, of course, really, he's not really a whole lot of help to Jesse in this situation. It's like, no, never. I, I, I don't have a problem with this at all, you know? I mean, it was, you know, my parents got divorced when I was young. I was living with my mom, and we moved around all the time with my dad before, you know, they got divorced. I didn't have any other siblings, so living in a house full of people is just, it's really comforting, and I really enjoy being part of a, a big family. And which, yeah, I, I, I definitely can see that. Joey, as he, he's found a family that yeah, he enjoys being with. You know, he, he, it's like a part of him was missing, and, you know, he kind of filled that void by moving in there and helping, you know, Danny with the girls and, you know, becoming besties with Jesse and everything. Jesse gets up off the bed. He's like, you mean to tell me that you enjoy changing diapers, making school lunches, changing diapers, chasing the girls all around town, helping them with their homework, picking up their toys? Did I mention changing diapers? And this is, Joey's got no qualms about this at all. I mean, this just, in a way, kind of feels like it gives his life a little purpose, a little responsibility and direction and everything, whereas Jesse... He never had to really worry about this stuff. His life was his own. He made his own rules. He came and went whenever he wanted to. And now it just feels like he's kind of roped into this thing without really... He's now feeling the full effects after half a, half a year of living there now. It's just, it really is getting to him. He doesn't have any free time, you know, to spend and enjoy <clears throat> with his lady friends and stuff like that. Which I can imagine... It probably even feels like the walls are kind of closing in on him. Like, this is too much. I just, I never have a moment to myself anymore. And the thing is, he's probably thinking, like, I'm helping raise these girls, and they're not even mine. I mean, they're my nieces, but it just, again, it just, it makes me think of Charlie from Party of Five and how 
in one episode, he, he says something about how, you know, he's working at his father's old job. He's living in his father's house. He's, and mind you, Charlie was around 24, so right around Jesse's age. And he's like, I'm also raising my father's kids. Yeah, he was also, you know, helping take care of his siblings who were like 16, 15, 12, and 1. And that is just, you know, and even Charlie was one that he was living on his own until his parents, you know, their parents were killed and he moved into the house and, you know, had to, you know, he has all these responsibilities and it's like he's taken on a life that isn't his. Granted, he wouldn't change that for the world, but it's like, yeah, sometimes responsibility just feels like it's just never ending and it just, it can be too much. And that's why I say it's like, you need to take if you can, you don't be afraid to ask for help. Just say, hey, it feels like things are crumbling right now. I really need to step back and kind of reconnect with myself. Because with all your responsibilities and stuff, it can feel like you are kind of losing a bit of yourself. And it's like sometimes I just need to refocus and regain myself. And then, you know, and then you're, you're, you should be fine. But then again... I'm speaking from the fact that I don't have children, but I have a job, I have a home to take care of, I have a husband, you know, I have my fur babies. There's responsibility there. It's it's, it's called being adult. It's basically it's it's adulting. It is full on adulting. And it, Jesse asked Joey, like, why, Joey? Why are you happy here? And Joey says, well, when I was growing up, I didn't have brothers and sisters. It was just my mom and I. And that got kind of lonely. And he even brings up the fact he liked to pretend that um, he was part of the Brady Bunch family. And, you know, just to feel like he was... You know, and, and I'm sure there are kids out there, you know, I even did that growing up when I was young, as I would, you know, be into these TV shows, and sometimes I'd be a little too into them, where I'd be, like, feeling like, oh, I'm part of this family, even though it's a, it's a television show and everything, but it's just that comfort that the shows and the characters bring to you and stuff kind of fill a void in your life that's kind of missing, which, and I think that's what Joey is getting from living with Danny and the girls and, and Jesse and everything. He's getting that void filled. And he even says, I like having people to care about. And that includes you, buddy. And Joey kind of adds, like, and besides, this is the only place I've ever lived that always has ice cream. I like how Jesse says thank you, like, that Joey cares about him. That's really sweet. And Jesse, you know, he's trying to be, he is, he is trying to be real with Joey and he is trying to get some, I guess he's just, he's wanting from Joey to kind of recognize where Jesse is coming from. Like, since we're both bachelors, we've both been on our own before and everything. And now we're both coming into this house and helping Danny with the girls. It's just, it, it's a lot. And he, I think he just wants someone to understand him. Yeah, and, J and Jesse's like, gosh, you know, all these responsibilities, I never used to have this before. Now it, it feels like I'm married or something. Yeah, and he says, I have all the responsibilities and hassles that come to a three kids, and they're not even mine. Yeah, he says, I can't even deduct them from my taxes. 
<laughs> yeah, Joey, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Joey says, oh, yeah, I'm, technically you could if you married Danny. Like, eh, probably not. And Jesse is saying, you know, Joey, every time I sleep here, you know I sleep alone. And Joey tells Jesse, hey, we can get bunk beds. And Jesse's like, Joey, I'm trying to be real with you right now. You're making jokes, man. I'm just trying to be serious here for a minute. Yeah, he's just saying, you know, it's just this whole situation is really getting to me. You know, he, uh, definitely the thing is zero privacy. The girls probably just walk right into the room even though he's closed his door. He can't write his music. He can't have a girl over. He can't do any of that. Yeah, he mentions about all the distractions that he has. And he says, you know, when I write music, I write it out of my own life experience. And this is the thing I gotta ask. Jesse is 24, right? How much life experience has he had up until this point? If you're free willing and doing what you want and whatnot, you can only write so many songs from that experience. After a while, it's going to be a little redundant. Like, your listeners are going to be like, huh, another song about motorcycles and Elvis, huh? Does this guy got any other interests? <laughs> it can only take so much Elvis and motorcycles and living on the edge. And Jesse says his last three songs were about tub toys, the measles, and changing diapers. Who had the measles? Oh my gosh, did Michelle have the measles? That's the case, and she didn't get her her MMR show, her MMR shot, which. As a child of the 80s, I know I got mine, but it is what it is. Well, that's the thing also. DJ had mumps. We learned that in Season five's Crushed episode. She had mumps. So, again, there's someone else who didn't get the MMR shot. And that's, you know, I'm not trying to make a big deal out of it or anything. It's just, I'm just surprised. Oh, measles, diapers, and tub toys. Joey says, you know, I thought that Tub Toy song was very danceable. He is going on about having things to accomplish in his life. He's like, dude, you will get there, but you're 24. It doesn't happen overnight. Just because you're an adult doesn't mean that everything you want to accomplish, all your life goals, whether you want to get married, whether you want to have kids, whether you want to, you know, write a hit song. All those things take time, and you cannot rush them because you just can't. You just can't. Everything, as the saying goes, everything happens in the time that it's supposed to happen. You can't rush it. You can't hurry it along. You just, you need to let it play out. And while things are playing out, you can put your focus into other things. Like, while I'm waiting for this to happen, when it eventually does, I can put my focus into something else that I'm interested in at the moment. He also talks about things that he wants to experience. I'm just thinking, like, ride his motorcycle to the Grand Canyon or drive it, his motorcycle to, through the Colorado Rockies. I don't know, even know if he can even do that, but... It just seems, he's like, it just seems like he's soul searching and just, it's like, I want to find the meaning of life and what, how it affects, and, and just, he's asking such deep, reaching questions and he's just expecting so much of himself and just, 
you know, everyone at some point in their life kind of does go through this, where they have a question of, where am I at right now? Where am I going? What is everything that I've done that's led up to what I'm doing now? Sometimes you have regrets. But Jesse is just, he, he's... He's a very impatient man. I will say this. He is 100% impatient. He's a very stubborn guy, which, you know, that's not necessarily bad. You know, I'm impatient too. I can be stubborn as well. And the thing is, it's just life sometimes is a waiting game. That's just how it is. It's a whole lot of waiting. <laughs> it's a whole lot of waiting. He feels that living here is holding him back. Let me tell you this, Jess. If I were speaking to Jesse, I'd be like, guess what? Here's what's going to happen. You move out. Here's what won't happen. You're not going to meet Becky. You're not going to get married. You're not going to have the love of your life. You're not going to have two beautiful twin boys. And you're not going to see your nieces grow up and have such a profound influence and bond with your youngest niece. He leaves. None of that happens. And... Like I've said, Becky is the best thing that ever happened to Jesse. Growing up with alongside those girls, you know, because Jesse, even though he's 24, he is growing alongside of them. He's maturing. He's he, he just, he's living, he's just living his life and just having these, these experiences that he's talking about wanting to have. This stuff does happen. It does. But he wants it to happen right now and it can't. Because it's not the right time yet. Just, he stays there, all that stuff's going to happen. But if he leaves, none of it does. Because I think that he wouldn't have that growth that he does living in that house. That house holds so much growth, so many memories. It's almost like sometimes I feel like a house feels almost like a person. You get so attached, especially your childhood home, especially if you spent most of your life there. So many memories wrapped up in walls and plaster and a roof and windows. Just like that house, that song by Miranda Lambert called the house that built me, there's so much truth to that song. I can't listen to that without tearing up. And Jesse tells Joey, I don't know what's happening to my life, but I need to control it. He does have a picture of James Dean on a motorcycle. Joey gets up off the bed and says, hey, Jess, look at the bright side. I mean, if you hadn't moved in, we wouldn't have gotten as close as we are. Yeah, think about it. Jesse didn't move in. If he moved out... The Rush Hour Renegades wouldn't happen. Jane J. Creative Services never would have been born. None of that stuff would happen. Yeah, Jesse goes from being, you know, a musician on, mu musician on the side to just, you know, being successful at advertising. Starting the the Smash Club. He, what? Where would he be if he didn't, ex you know, inherit the Smash Club? All of this stuff happens, but Joey, Jesse has to live there for it to happen. Everything that he does affects everyone else. Although if you think about it, if Jesse and Joey weren't there, I think that Michelle would have had a deeper bond with Danny. Joey finally tells Jesse, like, hey, I see that you're going through something. My advice to you is just to sleep on it. 
Like, you may feel different in the morning. He's just... This whole disappointment of being with Samantha is just raising a lot of questions for Jesse and where he is, where he's going in his life. And he is... Sometimes you need a moment, like, I need to go for a drive. I need to think about things. And sometimes... Just going for a drive, going for a walk, just think about things. That's why they say don't make rash decisions. Sleep on it. You may feel differently in the morning. And sometimes a good night's sleep or a good drive will work wonders. Joey goes to head out the door and Jesse says, hey, thank you, my friend. Like, yes, Joey was there to listen. Even though, yeah, Joey didn't have the best advice, you know, he, he had what he could give to him. Hey Jess, what's going on? I don't know. Joey, every time I come in this room, it seems like there's more pink bunnies on the wall. <laughs> well, you know how rabbits are. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, sit down a sec. Sure. Joseph, can I talk to you, man to no man to you? <laughs> sure, buddy. Hey, you look a little down. Look, I'm sorry if we wrecked your night with Samantha. No, it's not just semantics. Just be honest with me. Doesn't living here get to you sometimes? No. Never? Never. I love it. You mean to tell me you love changing diapers, making school lunches, chasing the girls all around town, changing diapers, helping them with their homework, picking up their toys? Did I mention changing diapers? <laughs> Some of those tasks are more rewarding than others. <laughs> I, why? Why, Joey? Why are you happy here? Well, Jess, I think it's because when I was growing up, I didn't have brothers and sisters, and I like being part of a big family. I like having people to care about. That includes you. Thank you. And besides, this is the only place I've ever lived that always has ice cream in the freezer. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? Joey, don't, don't you ever ask yourself, what am I doing? I used to be this freewheeling, living on the edge, no strings kind of guy, and now <laughs> it seems like I'm I'm married or something. I mean, I have all the responsibilities and hassles of three kids, yet I can't even deduct them from my taxes. Well, technically you could if you married Danny. Joey, <laughs> do you realize every night I sleep here, I sleep alone. Want to get bunk beds? <laughs> I'm pouring my heart out here to you, and you're making jokes. I know. I'm sorry. All right, talk to me. I don't know. I, I guess it's just this whole situation. It's just getting to me. I mean, I have zero privacy. I, I, I try to write my music, and I have all these distractions. See, I write music. I write it out of my own life experiences, you know? My last three songs have been about changing diapers, the measles, and tub toys. <laughs> I thought that Tub Toy song was very danceable. <laughs> I just feel like I have things to accomplish in my life, you know? I mean, there's things that I want to do and there's things I want to experience and... I don't know, but maybe... Maybe living here is holding me back. I don't know what the hell's happened in my life, pal, but I gotta regain control of it. Hey, Jess. Look at the bright side. If you hadn't moved in here, we'd never be as close as we are. 
I know. Hey, sleep on it. Hey. Thank you, my friend. So now we get to a very weird <laughs> dream sequence. Not weird, not nearly as weird as like when Jesse, Joey, and Danny imagine 30 years down the road with the girls <laughs> grown up and living in the house. They basically predicted Fuller House, only minus the grandkids. But he's sleeping and then... We hear there's a knock on the door, and Samantha's there in a nightgown. And he's like, what are you doing here? And she says, oh, I wanted to see you. And Jesse tells her, well, you shouldn't be here. Everyone's home. DJ comes in with a trapper keeper asking Jesse to help her with her homework. And Jesse right away is like, DJ, what are you doing? It's the middle of the night. And DJ's excuses, you know, the closer I study to the test, the less likely I am to forget the stuff that I'm studying. Jesse actually considers that logic. Here comes Stephanie rolling in with a baby doll and asking Jesse to give her a piggyback ride. And he says, Uncle Jesse doesn't want to give you a piggyback ride. And Stephanie starts this, and she finally, the last time we see her do this is season two, episode one, Cutting It Close. Where she, yes, he does. And he says, no, he does not. And then she starts doing the, you know, fake tears and rubbing of the eyes and everything. Here comes Michelle, who, of course, we know at this age cannot talk. But Joey Glass, Dave Coulier is providing her inner monologue, or in this case, outer monologue. And Joey, uh, Jesse at this point must know that this is a dream because it's like, wait a minute, you can't talk. Because Michelle comes in and says, Uncle Jesse, change my diaper. Yeah, he even points out, you can't talk. And of course, Michelle, as Dave Coulier's voice says, and you're not allowed to have girls here. So Jesse climbs out of bed and gets the girls like, all right, girls, you can't be here right now. It's time to go to bed. Come on. Out, 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 out. Danny and Joey show up. And Jesse's like, great, you guys take care of this. And Joey says, it's your turn. And Danny says, you're their uncle. I'm like, yes. And Danny, you're their father. And Samantha puts a hand on Jesse's shoulder saying, oh, we could be so happy. Just, this is a, it's a weird dream sequence, but it's, again, it's not as weird as season eight's my left and right foot where Michelle <laughs> imagines her feet are like humongous and they take over the house with their size. Jesse kicks out everybody but Samantha. Like, oh no, you can stay. So Jesse closes the door, he goes to kiss Samantha, and then all of a sudden he's hearing DJ and Stephanie's voice, voices echoing in the room, and all of a sudden they appear, Stephanie's sitting, crisscross applesauce, on top of the jukebox, DJ's leaning against it, and the way they're like, help me with my homework, give me a piggyback ride, like they're really aggressive about it. And also, Joey and Danny show up again behind Jesse's headboard saying, Jesse, it's your turn. And Danny says, you're their uncle. So Jesse is just, again, this immense pressure. I 
gonna say, um, I'm gonna, Samantha's, the, the, how they got Samantha here, or Chelsea Noble, just, her hair looks really ratty, not great. Like, what did they do to you, sweetie? Again, <laughs> Samantha pushes Jesse onto his bed, and again, saying, we could be so happy. And then he goes to wrap his arms around her, and she disappears. The door opens, and here comes Michelle. Again, Dave Coulier's voice saying, change me, feed me. And then the other Olsen twin shows up. It's a double Michelle. And just a look of horror on Jesse's face, saying, oh my gosh, there's two, Michelle, two Michelles. It's like, yeah, she's played by twins. Jesse's freaking out, screaming, they're multiplying! And then we get this weird fisheye lens with DJ, Stephanie, Danny, Samantha, Joey. Joey and Danny are both holding Michelle. Like, they both have a Michelle. And they're both keep, like, it's almost like when you look out a, uh, a peephole and it's a kind of fisheye lens, or like when you look at the back of a spoon and you reflect and it's just all out of whack. That's what this is. Oh my god. This is like a nightmare for Jesse because he wakes up screaming. I'm like, I've had nightmares. They are a lot worse than what Jesse went through. Come on. This is tame compared to some of the bad dreams and nightmares I've had. Jesse. Samantha? Jesse? Sammy, what are you doing here? I just wanted to see you. You know, you shouldn't be in here. Everybody's home. Uncle Jesse, will you help me with my homework? DJ, it's the middle of the night. But the closer I study to my test, the less I forget. <laughs> Uncle Jesse, will you give me a piggyback ride? Uncle Jesse doesn't want to give you a piggyback ride. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. <laughs> Uncle Jesse, change my diaper. You can't talk. Uncle Jesse, I don't know. The hair goes here. Girls, you gotta go. Come on, everyone, off to bed. Let's go. Come on. Oh, good guys. Okay, great. Take over for me. It's your turn. You're their uncle. We could be so happy. Everybody out. Everybody go. Come on, let's says. go. Everyone, go, 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 go. Hold it. You. You can stay. Uncle Jesse. Help me with my homework. I want a piggyback ride. Jesse. It's your turn. You're their uncle. We could be so happy. Change me. Feed me. Change me. Feed me. Change me. Feed me. Change me. Feed me. Change me. Oh my god, there's two Michelles. They're multiplying! Oh, Uncle! 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 Oh, Uncle!
can't take it anymore. I gotta get out of this house. He is actually sweating. He is so freaked out. Okay, there is something to be said about this fisheye lens thing. A couple things I noticed on my second viewing is it looks like Dave Coulier is kind of looking, towards the very end of it, he is looking off like he's speaking to someone who's just uh, off of the set, who's right outside the frame. And then just before that, we do have Candace Cameron looking off to, I'm guessing whether she's reading a cue card or she's getting stage direction from someone offset, but she is not looking into this camera fisheye lens thing they got going on. Okay, here's a This irritates me. Danny and Joey both come upstairs to wake Jesse up. Is this something they normally do, or does he just wake up on his own? Why do they feel the need to wake him up? Because basically, if we don't have them doing that, we're not going to get them reading the note that he left behind. So Danny reads the note saying, hey guys, I didn't want to wake anyone up. I need to get away for a while. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know when I'll be back or even if I will be back. At that, Joey and Danny kind of look at each other like, what happened? I mean, after, you know, seven months of just him being there and all of a sudden he leaves a note he doesn't say goodbye he doesn't say hey he doesn't give him well and the thing is though he did have the conversation with joey so is joey gonna relay that today like well jesse was telling me last night that things were getting a little too intense for him but continuing the le the note that he left behind danny reads i don't think it's working out for me here i'll call soon tell the girls i love them jesse you hear the audience just go, aww. And I'm sure Danny feels like, what did I do to make him leave? What exactly? And it's like, dude, it's not so much as something that you've done. It's just all of this is compounding onto Jesse to the point where he feels like he can't take it and he had to leave. And I'm just thinking, you read that? DJ is old enough to read. She reads that letter. I can imagine her heart's going to break. That's why they want to protect the girls, so they make up a lie of, we'll get to that in part two, because we're just, I'm just going to jump right into that. Joey, come on, we're all adults here. Jesse, uh, <laughs> Joey asks, Jesse ran away from home? He's not a dog or a cat that just upped and wandered off. He is a human being. Stephanie and DJ come in. Stephanie says, I'm hungry. And of course, DJ asks, where's Uncle Jesse? And that's where you get the yellow font to be continued. Mm -hmm. This is the first. I'm here to think how often they did a two-part episode in a season. I know they did it in this one, which honestly, um, the Haru Pod Full House mm -hmm. podcast actually brings up a very good point. This could have been a season finale two-parter. I think that, I mean, because the very last episode, I believe, of season one is DJ Tanner's mm -hmm. day off, or DJ's day off. This would have worked great. It really would have worked out great to be, a, to end the season on that. 
where Jesse, it's too much for him, he takes off, but ultimately we know he does come back. But I'm really hoping, I cannot remember, I don't think Joey does relay, like, oh, Jesse was talking to me last night about just, this is getting to be a bit much for him and him not having any time to himself or any privacy or anything like that. Jess, wake up. Rise and shine. Come on, let's go. Get up. Guys, I didn't want to wake anybody up, so I left this note. I need to get away for a while. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know when I'll be back or even if I will be back. I don't think it's working out for me here. I'll call soon. Tell the girls I love them. Jesse. Jesse ran away from home? I'm hungry. Where's Uncle Jesse? So before I go into it, honestly, a lot of what I've been saying, I'm just going to call that my part one Tanner teachable moment for the episode. Worst outfit, I'm giving it to Joey's outfit that he wore from the time that they got back. Basically, it's the episode, the one with the weird patterns and images on. I just, I don't know. I just, it's, it's unflattering in my mind is what I'm thinking. And best outfit? Mm. I'm going to have to go with... I think I, I just... I like Stephanie's outfit. I don't know whether that was supposed to be... It's not a Scotty dog. It looked like a black lamb on her shirt. And I thought that was cute. But then again, there weren't any other contenders. But we're just going to jump right in to, into this part two. So Danny has DJ and Stephanie step out of the room like, can you girls excuse us? I do need to speak with Joey privately about this note I wrote about speaking to Joey privately. Thank you. I'll get back to you in just a minute. As soon as Danny shuts the door, Joey asks, uh, what are we going to say to the girls? Because Jesse really didn't, his note is pretty vague about where exactly, because he even said, I don't know where I'm going yet. So they have no idea where he is. <laughs> and all the, you know, honestly, I feel if they had just said, if they had just told the girls, Uncle Jesse went to go spend some time with Samantha. They went on a little trip. They'll be back, you know, over the course of, uh, after the weekend. They're just going away for a few days. Something simple like that until they actually know what's up. So that way they're not... Because they definitely... They don't want to worry the girls with... They... You don't know anything, so just say something simple like that. You just... Just take, tell them Jesse had to head, uh, head... You know, head out for a smidge. Danny tells Joey, Joey, this is a very delicate situation. It's a father kind of moment. You better let me handle it. And Joey asks, well, what do you want me to do? And jo Danny tells Joey, well, uh, just play dumb. And Joey asks, well, how do I do that? Perfect, Joey, that's great. Just do exactly that. I said, just play along with what I say and agree with everything I say. 
So Danny opens the door and he's like, oh, hey, you're back. And Stephanie asks right away, did Uncle Jesse go somewhere? Danny bends down so he's on their level and says, girls, your father has something to say. He tells them, your Uncle Jesse has gone on a little uh, vacation. Of course, they ask where. Danny, like, duck walks over to Joey, like, okay, Joey, where, where did he go? Where did Jesse go again? You saw him last. Tell him, Joey. <laughs> Joey's like, okay, father. <sighs> he tells them that Uncle Jesse went on vacation to the desert. And why do you ask? Well, because he loves the hot sand and he loves the burning sun. You know, bottom line, your Uncle Jesse loves to sweat. I don't know anyone that loves to sweat. It's gross. It's stinky. It's blech. And DJ Asipol, I thought he loved going to the beach. And Joey says, well, well, the, the desert is all beach, basically. She ran away from home. Uh, girls, if you'll excuse us for a brief moment, um, I have to talk to Joey privately about about this note that uh, I wrote myself, reminding me to talk to Joey privately <laughs> about this note that I wrote. What are we going to say to the girls? Joey, this is a delicate situation. It's a father kind of moment. You better let me handle it. What do you want me to do? Just play dumb. <laughs> How do I do that? something to say. Your Uncle Jesse has gone on a little vacation. Where? Where? <laughs> you saw him last. Tell him, Joey. Okay, father. Uh, girls, your Uncle Jesse went on vacation to the desert. And why, you ask? Um, because he loves the, the hot sand. And he loves the burning sun. Bottom line, your Uncle Jesse loves to sweat. I thought he loved going to the beach. Well, the desert is all beach. So, that morning, Joey, of course, we know he is not the best cook in the family. He is not serving them flounder tarts, thank the Lord. But uh, <laughs> he is serving them pancakes. And Stephanie's, turns out hers is a bit underdone. And by a bit underdone, I mean she pokes a hole in it and her finger comes out covered in pancake batter. DJ's pancake, of course, is like really too solid. She's like hitting it against her plate because <laughs> Stephanie says, yeah, well, Joey says, just like your Uncle Jesse makes. And Stephanie says, these aren't like Uncle Jesse makes. And she sticks a finger in the middle. His aren't soupy in the middle. And DJ says, mine isn't soupy. She smacks it against her plate. And then Joey gives a little one to Michelle, who I honestly think I don't think she uh, should be having a, even a small pancake, especially the ones that Joey's cooking. Because she goes to try to put it in her mouth. You think, ugh. It almost, the way it almost looks like a chocolate glazed donut. 
Then the phone call comes. And the thing is, I wouldn't have said, hey, Jesse. Oh, my gosh, Jesse. Because that's what Joey does. Gets everyone riled up. Everyone's excited. Like, oh, Uncle Jesse. And everyone's fighting over the phone. DJ and, like, oh, hi, Uncle Jesse. It's DJ. And it's. And Jesse's like, hey, I'll talk to whoever. Just put someone on the line. And, yeah, Danny's like, oh, hey, how's the beach? And Jesse says, what beach? I'm skiing in Tahoe. I'm hanging with my friends, and I don't know, you know, when I'll be back. Stephanie, of course, is jumping up and down. Going, I gotta tell Uncle Jesse something. I gotta tell Uncle Jesse something. More like she has to ask him something, which is, hey, Uncle Jesse, since you're on vacation, can I sleep in your room, which used to be my room, which is now your room? Thanks. <laughs> and then she pretty much says goodbye for everyone. Like, say goodbye, everybody. <laughs> she holds out the phone, and then she turns to Michelle and says, say goodbye, Michelle. Michelle, of course, can't talk, so she just waves. It's adorable. Okay, here we go. Your favorite strawberry yogurt <laughs> banana pancakes, just like your Uncle Jesse makes. These aren't just like Uncle Jesse makes. Ew, we're not done. His aren't soupy in the middle. Gross. Mine aren't soupy. Here, Michelle, you'll appreciate my cooking. That a girl. I think she's a little young for a pancake. Go ahead, taste it, honey. This looks like a donut. Everybody's a critic. I got it. Gladstone's International House of Flapjacks. Gladstone speaking. <laughs> Jesse! Hey, how's it going? Wait, let me talk. No, no, I'm talking. Hey, 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 I'll talk to anyone you want. Just make a decision. How the heck is the desert, Jess? What desert? I'm skiing in Tahoe. Look, I'm hanging out with my buddies, and uh, I don't know when I'm coming back. So in case there's an emergency, I want to give you the number. It's 555-4322. Uh, You mean you gotta okay, ask him something? Oh no, I forgot what I was gonna tell him. Oh, I remember. Silly me. Hi, Uncle Jesse. While you're on vacation, can I sleep in your room, which was my room, before it was your room? Thanks, Uncle Jesse. Everybody say bye. Bye. Bye bye. Goodbye. Say bye bye, Michelle. <laughs> So now we go to the ski cabin, and wow, oh wow, are they getting a lot of mileage out of this Love Machine song. Jesse was singing it in part one as he was getting dinner ready in the kitchen for him and Samantha. Now he and the Rippers are singing it at the ski cabin. There are a, like 11 or 12 people here. Like, all the Rippers and then whoever their lady friends are. This one guy, and I know it's like 1988, tinted sunglasses were all the rage. You know the kind I'm talking about, the tannish brown ones. Ugh. Everyone is wearing, well not everyone is wearing sunglasses indoors, but a couple guys are. And the only original ripper that I recognize here is Gary, who's been in 
pretty much the majority of episodes when it comes to the Rippers. So Gary, of course, wants to toast to our man, Jesse. And Jesse toasts to his escape from Romper Room. Jesse's doing exactly what he did before he moved in with Danny, Joey, and the girls. He is having a time with his buds. He's out singing, all the, just, just having a time. Just being with Samantha and just chilling. Oh, of course, Gary adds, oh, and to you paying for the cabin. That's with that exterminator money because he works for his father. Jesse is already making plans about, hey, when I get, this is just the beginning, guys, because when I get back to town, I'll get my own place, start living life the way I was born to. See, that's the thing, when Jesse gets around his friends, he's all, he's making all these plans and he's just being whoever he was. He's not being Uncle Jesse right now, he's being just Jesse. He's putting his ski pants on, his ski boots on. He's getting everything he needs to to get out there and hit the slopes. Uh, apparently, he has skied before because anyone who hasn't ever... I've never skied before in my life. I kind of want to keep it that way <laughs> just for my own fear. I haven't broken a bone in my life. Fingers crossed we keep that streak intact. <laughs> but I just... Anyone... I honestly feel like anyone who hasn't skied before I don't think they'd have this amount of enthusiasm unless they actually have done it before and they're used to it everyone else is ready to go <laughs> some of them aren't even wearing you know Jesse's got snow pants on he's got like ski boots on everyone else is I don't know who all is going skiing but we got some people in jeans we got this guy wearing if you grew up in the 80s uh, the kid moon boots, you know, the moons, like, the moon boot, like, snow boot type things, yeah, I don't know, I mean, can you go skiing in jeans, or would they rather, you know, they, <laughs> like, there's a set uniform, you, like, you can't ski in jeans, you have to have snow pants on, that is a rule, that is a law, I don't think it is, but I imagine if you're falling down, you probably want, you know, snow's wet, it's wet. And then you're going to be walking around with a wet butt. Oh, it's just, yeah. Have that extra coverage. Wear the snow pants. I think I honestly stopped wearing snow pants after fifth grade. Because, you know, once you're a junior high, you don't have recess outside and you're not playing in the snow. Yeah, he's in Tahoe skiing. And he says, oh, it's about eight degrees outside. And he puts a scarf on. He's getting his coat. He's going to be exhausted by the time he puts all the... Everyone, honestly, everyone is ready to go. They are waiting for him to get everything on. Because apparently he's got to get every article of clothing. Oh, he says, just remember, it's always better to look good than it is to ski good. Everyone is looking at him like, you are wasting our time. We could be out there right now in the slopes. Waterproof gloves. Oh, and of course, you got to have the hat. You got to have the hat. Surprise he, wait, is that, maybe those are, those might be goggles and not a scarf around his neck. That, that was a scarf. Now he's putting the goggles on. He's got to be roasting in that right now. It's like, you need to get out in that, in that weather so that coat can take effect. Because it's not doing you any favors being inside and wearing a thermal down type coat, winter coat. 
fanny pack. Well, you know what? Hey, I'm a fan of the... I always wear a fanny pack. I get compliments on a fanny pack. I love those. What is he putting in his fanny pack? His keys? It's not like you're putting a cell phone in because that didn't exist then. And if it did, it wasn't. <laughs> it's pretty bulky. Everyone's just watching Jesse do this with amusement. Like, well, we've been standing here for what feels like 10 minutes or more. Jesse, can we hurry up? The snow's going to melt by the time we get out there. <laughs> he says, oh, got to get the fanny pack. Got to keep the fanny warm. I don't ever. When I wear a fanny pack, I'm not turning it around. I'm having it across my my stomach, across my waist. Yeah, because I want to reach behind me trying to pull out my keys and my wallet. Uh-huh. No. Got the skis and the poles. Can we finally hit the slopes? We don't see any of it, I don't think. He's exhausted. He is. Because you're running on pure excitement and adrenaline. Those goggles aren't even on correctly. He's finally sits down. I'm tired. He tells him, hey, someone just break my leg now and set me in front of the fire. Goodness, is crazy, crazy. They're all, yeah, they're all, they were standing there for like 15 plus minutes waiting for him to get every single article of clothing that he seemed to, well, you know, you need the fanny pack for, you know, the chapstick. You know, you don't want your lips to get like winter blisters or whatever. Free, winter freeze or whatever. That hits your, you know, winter chill on your lips and your lips are like frostbite or whatever. Wearing shoes? Oh no, he didn't. Wonderland time, folks. Winter Wonderland. I am psyched. <laughs> Just put on my scarf because about eight degrees outside. And of course, the jacket. Always remember, it's better to look good than to ski good. <laughs> put on the gloves, the waterproof gloves. And of course, the cap, which is very important. We get the goggles on. Hey, man. All right. <laughs> Fanny pack, we mustn't forget the old fanny pack. Gotta keep the fanny warm. And the skis and the poles. And God, I'm tired. <laughs> Will someone just break my leg now and stick me in front of the fire? So now we get back to the house. Danny is going to uh, give DJ a guitar lesson, because we all know Danny is proficient on the guitar. He's showed that many times over the seasons. And DJ says, Dad, look, I always get my guitar lesson from Uncle Jesse. I'm like, well, sweetie, Uncle Jesse is not here. I am also very proficient on the guitar. I can teach you. Doesn't go well, guys. Danny has zero patience, especially remember how we see this when he tries to teach DJ how to drive? It's kind of like that. Instead of yelling, ever so gently, 
He says, no, the second fret. No, the second fret. The second fret. DJ, what did I just tell you? <laughs> DJ is like, Dad, are you sure you want to do this? Oh my, yes, here we go. Honey, this is going to be a lot of fun. Sure, I'm having my doubts that it will be. In fact, it's going to be a screaming session. He's like, hey, get over here, Deej. I'm going to teach you a great song. I think it's called, like, Froggy Went and Courtin'. <laughs> oh, he, it's basically, uh, you're going to watch me, and then you're going to do exactly what I do. It's a shame they don't have a second guitar to use, so that way she can play as he's playing. Because now... When he's like, okay, I'm going to do this on the guitar, then I'll hand it to you, and you can repeat the same movements. Like, no, it, it would work easier if she, she had a guitar she could use at the same time. This is coming from someone who's never had guitar lessons in her life. And I don't intend to in the future. That's a skill, honestly, I'd be fine not having. That and learning how to play the piano. And he is just, he's getting so into the song, and he's just like, dad, 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 stop, stop. There, Dad, let me show you where I'm at with learning how to play the guitar. And she just runs her thumb down it and just strums it. And he's like, okay, well, I guess uh, Froggy ain't ready to go to Corton yet. And it's like, no, he's not ready to go to Corton. He hasn't even left the lily pad. When she hits that note, it just sounds very flat and not good. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know anything about guitars. Maybe the guitar needs to be tuned. I don't know. It's not okay when Danny was playing it, but Danny knows how to play the guitar. Why am I judging an 11-year-old? I don't know. So he tells her, let's work on the D chord. So he has her sit on Stephanie's bed. Danny's sitting on the toy box at the end, at the foot of the bed. He tells her, all right, take these two fingers, basically your index and your middle, stick them on the second fret. She starts strumming. He's like, no, the second fret. She And then... She does it again. He's like, no, the second fret. Because he actually goes to adjust her fingers on the fret. And she says, Dad, you're making me nervous. And, of course, I'm sure he's like, no, I'm not, honey. I'm not making you nervous at all. It's like, no, Danny, you are. That's not how you teach someone a new skill. See, here's what I do, guys. When I'm teaching someone a new skill, I'm basically having them do it right next to me, like, I'm going to, like, when it comes to making pizzas, like, okay, we're going to make one of each, pepperoni and cheese. You're going to follow my instructions. You're going to be right here next to me. We're, we're going to do it together. So that way they're hands-on. Honestly, to me, hands-on is the best way to learn something. So you're learning as you're doing. You're doing as you're learning, basically. Yeah, he says, how can, he asks, how can I make you nervous? I'm your father. I'm like, Danny, it's not that hard to do. You make a lot of people nervous. He tells her, well, she, she, it's honestly dead. Every time you try to teach me something, we end up fighting and arguing. He's like, no, we don't. And she says, yes, we do. No, we do not. And she's just, yes. And she just slams the guitar down on the bed as, as hard as, I mean, you could do that on it anyway. <laughs> so yeah, she gets, she wants Danny to be real for a minute. Like, dad, you need to be honest with me. Okay. Is Uncle Jesse coming back? Is he thinking of moving out? Yeah! And he, it's like, yeah, she says, you're arguing with me. And he's like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. And he's like, I'm not arguing with you, okay? We're here to have fun. And DJ says, well, I'm not having fun. I'd be having fun if Uncle Jesse were here. And he's not. You're not fun, Dad. 
You can't even pretend, I can't even pretend that we're having fun right now. Yes, I'm sure you would have tons of fun if Uncle Jesse were here teaching you to play the guitar because he loves it so much. Yes, Danny, your daughters will always choose Uncle Jesse over you, especially Michelle. And yeah, because DJ gets up and walks over to the door like she's going to walk out of the room. And Danny says, oh, that's what this is about. It's like, well, what did you think? That she was going to teach you how to play something that, you know, she does with Uncle Jesse because it's something that they can do together. And here you come in trying to like, oh, well, I'll take over. It's like, no, it's not the same. And apparently DJ's looked in Jesse's room and noticed that all of his clothes are gone. I didn't even know that. I just, I mean, his guitars that are, you know, hanging above his bed are still there. So he, he, he left in the middle of the night when everyone was asleep. He grabbed what he could. And then I'm sure he's probably like, look, I don't know when I'll be back. Eventually I'll be back for the rest of my stuff. For right now I gotta get. And she asked Danny, like, is Uncle Jesse thinking of moving out? Okay, <laughs> it is amazing going through these episodes again after having just watched them for fun over the years, and you hear stuff that you would not normally hear. It sounds like somewhere off set, somebody like slammed a door or shut a door really hard. Because right before Danny says, you want the truth, you hear a <laughs> of a door slamming. And Danny asks, the truth? And DJ nods. And Danny says, yes. You know, he's honest with her. You know, she's 11. She's old enough to... I mean, she's no stranger to having people up and leave her. You know, her mom passed away. Her grandma left. And now Uncle Jesse. And that's even what DJ says. Like, oh, I'm getting so sick of this. And think about it, guys. Six months, six, seven months is a long time in a kid's life. And DJ says, you know, after mom died... I never thought I'd want, like, living in this house again. And that's the thing. It just feels like, honestly, when it comes to someone major in your life, especially a parent passing away, and especially if, you know, you're, you're just a kid, and, you know, you're, you're living in the house, and you have all those memories, every room you walk through, just... Just all these memories, and you're supposed to go about your day with them not being there. And I'm sorry I'm getting choked up about it, but you just... God, and, and that's sometimes I think... I, I think that sometimes when somebody does pass, whether it's a parent, a spouse, a child, a good portion of the time, it seems like people do up and sell their house. Like, it's too hard to live there. The memories are just... It's too painful. Even on the Wonder Years, yeah, the original Wonder Years with, um, after Brian Cooper passed, Winnie Cooper's parents did sell their house at the end of season three because it was too painful to stay there. You know, when Jesse and Joey, Uncle Jesse and Joey moved in, you know, things got better. It's like, yeah, because it felt like there's a void being filled, you know, there's you know, people living there again and everything, and oh my god, again, it just goes to show that the house, guys, so many memories, so many memories tied up in that house. 
And I understand where she's coming from. She says, I don't want anything to change. I'm like, sweetie, so much has already changed in the short amount of time that you've been there. You know, with her mom passing, with her grandma being there and leaving, Jesse and Joey coming in, Jesse leaving. It's like, life is just, honestly, it's a series of changes. And it feels like the moments you have a contentment are just the small amounts of time in between more changes. Just coming right up around the bend. I mean, if life were supposed to stay the same all the time, life would just, I don't, I don't know. It just, nothing would ever improve. Nothing would ever in, evolve. It's almost like sometimes it was like the way you, sometimes some people are living life almost like they're waiting for the, the, the next shoe to drop, basically. And Danny says, honey, I want him to stay as much as you do. And DJ asks, well, why can't you just get him back? And Danny's like, honey, he is not like a dog that you just can go and pick up and force to bring back home. You know, Jesse's a grown man. He has his own, he had his own life before us. Yeah, he says, because he's an adult, you can't just go pick him up and bring him, you know, put your arm around, you know, and bring him back home. You can't do that. And I just, I like that Danny is honest with her. He says, right now, your uncle Jesse is really struggling with some things trying to figure things out and where he wants to be in his life. And Danny says when and if the time is right, he'll come back. But that's up to Uncle Jesse. I I honestly, I mean, and I don't know if I would add to the point, like, you know, your Uncle Jesse did have a life before he came here. He, you know, he had to let go of some, you know, other things to be able to come in here and, you know, live with us and help raise you girls. That that takes sacrifice and, you know, giving up of, you know, his his own life and whatever was going on with that. And he says, okay. And she says, well, it's not okay, but okay. Let's finish the guitar lesson that caused us to argue in the first place. I think we're done with the guitar lesson. Let's move on. And Danny's like, all right, what else did Uncle D Jesse teach you? What else did he do? Uh, and DJ says, well, he usually would finish the lesson with an Elvis song. And Danny's like, oh, I got this. And he starts singing, are you lonesome tonight? And it's like, oh, Danny, stop, please. You're ruining a good song. Dad, I always get my guitar lesson from Uncle Jesse. Are you sure you want to do this? Honey, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to teach you a great song. Come here. Okay, now you watch what I do real carefully, and then you do it. Froggy went to court, and then he did right, uh-huh. Froggy went to court, and then he did right, uh-huh. Froggy's not quite ready to go according yet. <laughs> Let's work on that D chord. Come on. Sit right down here. I'll take these two fingers and put them on the second fret. No, 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 the second Dad, you're making me nervous. How can I make you nervous? I'm your father. Because whenever you try to teach me things, we argue. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No, we don't. What am I doing? You're arguing with me. 
I am not arguing with you. You're arguing with me. <laughs> now, we're here to have fun. I'm not having fun. I'd have fun if Uncle Jesse was here. That's what this is all about, isn't it? All of Uncle Jesse's clothes are gone. Is Uncle Jesse thinking about moving out? The truth? Yes. I hate this. When Mom died, I never thought I'd like living in this house again. Then Uncle Jesse and Joey moved in, and things got better. I don't want anything to change. Oh, honey, I want him to stay as much as you do. Then why don't you get him back? Because he's an adult. You can't just go pick him up and put him under your arm and bring him back home. Right now, he's struggling with some things. When and if the time is right, he'll be back. Okay? Well, it's not okay. But okay. Come on, let's finish the guitar lesson. What else did Uncle Jesse do? Well, he usually teaches me an Elvis song. I know, a great one. Are you lonesome tonight? Do you miss me tonight? Are you sorry we drifted apart? <laughs> All right, well, Stephanie has fully moved into her old bedroom. Michelle has got Skeeter, a uh, Muppet Baby. If you grew up in the 80s, you knew about the Muppet Baby cartoon that came out after the Muppets Take Manhattan movie. Michelle, oh my gosh. Stephanie, the way she sits on the bed, she's like, you know, Michelle, I grew up in this room. Oh boy, does it bring back memories. It's been like seven months, sweetie. You, <laughs> I'm sure those memories are still pretty fresh. But hey, think about it this way. She's got a bigger bed to sleep in, which has got to be awesome. DJ comes in with an arm load of stuffed animals like, hey, Steph, you've got the rest of your zoo. Here you go. Stephanie can sleep in Uncle Jesse's bed surrounded by her giant stuffed animals. That way they can kind of border around the bed so she doesn't fall out of it. Not that she should have a problem with that. And Stephanie says, oh, thanks, DJ. You know, isn't it kind of cool? It's neat, right, that we both have our own room for a couple of days? And DJ says, oh, it might be a, more than a couple of days. <laughs> DJ had to go let that slip because Stephanie right away latches on lit and asks, what are you talking about? And DJ says, oh, no, 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 never mind, Steph, don't worry. I didn't, I didn't say anything, okay? Hey, speaking of, look at this cool poster here, huh? Alvin and the Chipmunks. I had a neighbor that had that same exact poster in her bedroom. Stephanie wants DJ to be honest with her as she asks, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's the chipmunks dressed like Miami Vice. And DJ asks, hey, Steph, what do you think's a better singer, Elvin or Theodore? <laughs> I love this answer. Stephanie says, are you serious right now? Come on. Yeah, everyone knows that without Alvin, they're just a couple of squirrels dressed like Don Johnson. Well, that is true. Alvin definitely is. That's why it's Alvin and the Chipmunks. He just says, you know what, Steph, you're right. Okay, we'll see ya. And Stephanie says, freeze. What is going on? Come on, DJ. Tell me. Does this have to do with Uncle Jesse? 
so DJ has Stephanie sit down. Like, you know what, Michelle, you should hear this too, even though you're not going to understand. But here you go. We got to include you. DJ tells Stephanie, well, and Michelle, because she's sitting right there. Uncle Jesse didn't just leave on vacation. He's thinking of moving out. And Stephanie has the same question that DJ asked Danny. Can't Daddy get him back? And DJ says, no, there's nothing. Dad can't do anything about it. There's nothing he can do. Of course, Stephanie comes up with a plan. She's like, then you and me, you and me, we gotta do something. DJ agrees with Stephanie, and Stephanie asks, well, what if Uncle Jesse never comes back? And then as we cut out of this scene, Michelle kind of babbles. Jesse tell him that Michelle is very sick he'll come rushing back and while you're hugging him stuff I'm gonna go let the air out of his tires uh, she she says you're gonna wrap your arms around him and beg him to stay while I let the air out of his tires I had a plan B like well what if Uncle Jesse isn't there <laughs> they haven't thought that far ahead <laughs> like what if he's not there where there's no one answering they can try back later so DJ calls asking to speak for Jesse Cochran because of course it is still season one he's only Jesse Cochran not Katsopolis and Gary answers saying that Jesse is still skiing so uh, she didn't anticipate that Jesse wasn't going to be there it's like oh he's not there what am I going to do I'm like Hang up and try again later would be my guess, I guess. It's not like you can't call him back at that number. It's not like the phone's going to be disconnected or anything. Just try him later. Just say, all right. But no, it's like, okay, can you please relay the message that his niece Michelle, his baby niece Michelle is very sick, and unfortunately he is the only one that is able to get Michelle to take her medicine. My dad and Joey just, there. she won't take the medicine from them. Well, actually, <laughs> before they get to the part of saying that Michelle is very sick and Jesse's the only one who can give her her medicine, 
Stephanie takes the phone and screams into Gary's ear, help! She says, she takes the phone and says, this is Uncle Jesse's other niece, Stephanie Tanner. Now listen very carefully. And then she screams, help! Into the phone. And you see Gary like having to like hold the phone away from his ear so it doesn't like rupture his eardrum. Oh yeah, that's right. The baby's sick and she's coughing real bad and they're trying to get Michelle to cough and she goes, bah, bah, sticking her tongue out. Like, <laughs> DJ finally was like, <laughs> see, the baby's coughing really bad. Did you hear it? I want her to cough and Sam goes, <laughs> and Michelle just goes, bah, with her tongue out. Audience loves this. and <laughs> go crazy. Oh, see, the baby's coughing really loud. I'm like, okay. When DJ's on the phone, the Olsen baby, the Olsen twin baby, like, goes to try to grab the cord, and Candace has to, like, put her hand down. (laughs) So, she's like, promise me that you'll tell him. Okay. Of course, Stephanie does not like lying at at all. This is something that, um, she definitely struggles, especially in the Granny Tanny episode, where Danny wants the girls to lie to their grandma to make her feel like she's really needed there. But she just feels really bad. So she asked Michelle, like, Michelle, it would make me feel better if you actually could cough. <laughs> I hate to lie. And DJ says, well, Steph, it was for a good cause. That was not a Michelle cough. She <coughs> like, no, I think that was someone doing ADR, an ADR baby cough. Okay, here's the plan. I'll call Uncle Jesse. Then I'll tell him Michelle's really sick, and he'll come rushing back. Then what? Well, then you throw your arms around him and beg him to stay while I let the air out of his tires. Wow! Uh, I can speak to Jesse Cochran. This is his niece, DJ Tanner. Jesse's still asking. Uh, could you hold the line for one brief moment? He's not there. What are we going to do? I don't know. Let me think. Okay, I got it. Uncle Jesse's other niece. Now listen very carefully. Help! <laughs> Tell Uncle Jesse the baby's sick and she's coughing real bad. Here, listen. Samantha and Jesse, everyone's back in the cabin, again, singing songs. Samantha comes in, and here comes Jesse with his ski goggles on, still got his scarf and jacket, but his hat is gone. I'm sure he lost it somewhere. He comes in completely irritated, like, ah, this sport really is a pain in the butt. Well... 
I don't know. Like, if you've never done it before, I can see that you're going to be falling down more than not. Dementia, it just, it just, it sounds very exhausting because you're using, not just, you're using your legs, you're using your arms. It just seems like a major, major workout. So Gary does relay the message to Jesse. Oh, your family called Jess. Turns out the baby's sick. Jesse immediately reacts as he takes his coat off. He's like, Michelle's sick? What does she have? And Gary says, uh, a cough, I think. Jesse immediately, he's like, well, you know, I mean, Danny and Joey are there, a pediatrician. I'm sure it'll be fine. Gary hands <laughs> Jesse the guitar and says, hey, let's do a little boys are back in town. And Jesse's like, all right. Yeah, yeah, Michelle, she'll be fine. She'll be okay. But as he's singing, his mind starts to drift, and we see all of these flashbacks. Pretty much just about every single scene with Jesse and Michelle up to this point, because this is still season one. I think it's even showing scenes that we've never seen before in episodes. We get these flashbacks as Jesse is seeing himself taking care of Michelle and how much she means to him, you know. And even when the girls were calling, they figured Jesse would come back for Michelle. Because they know that Jesse and Michelle have a very deep bond, even this early in the game. And then we get... The baby love song. So I'm going to, since it's mainly all music, I'm just going to describe the scenes. The first one, of course, is from the episode, I think it's called Knock Em Out. The one where Danny interviews Ernie Hudson playing Reggie the Sandman. And Michelle, of course, has a cough. She has a little bit of a cold. And Jesse's sitting in the rocking chair in Michelle's bedroom. He's got a dehumidifier there with the steam coming up. And he's just rocking her. And it's just it's such a sweet moment. Also, in the next scene, we get the pilot episode with Jesse and Joey having to change Michelle's diaper for the first time. As Jesse pulls her out of the crib. And <laughs> Joey's like, well, I'll take the south end as he grabs her feet. Then we see her sitting in the pot on the kitchen counter. Then now we flash to, I'm guessing this is the first day of school episode because the girls, of course, are getting ready, you know, the night before, getting, you know, Stephanie's trying on outfits. DJ's got her trapper keeper. Kimmy's there. But we don't see that part. We just see Jesse with Michelle tucked under his arm like a football. And her face is covered. It, it, it looks like pizza sauce. It's clearly baby food. Just covering her cheeks, in her hair, down her the front of her shirt, just all over the place. Now we see a close-up of Michelle's face, and she's just smiling. Ah! So cute. Then, of course, we jump back to... The episode where Michelle is sick and we see Jesse and Joey trying to give Michelle her medicine and she's just not taking it because they try to disguise it with some baby food. But she is not falling for that. Like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's where Joey feeds Jesse. 
the beef food with the cough syrup in it. And Joey says, now smile, the baby's watching you. And she, now she's waiting for her Uncle Jesse to swallow. And he does, he's like, hmm. Oh, the smile on his face saying, this is terrible. This tastes terrible. But yeah, because Michelle is watching him the whole time. Like, okay, what's he going to do? Because how he reacts is like, if he doesn't like it, I'm not taking it. Okay, we go to the Miracle Thanksgiving episode with Michelle on a little mini bike. Little push bike with the wheels. And it's so, she looks so cute in that little canary yellow Footy pajamas. Aww. She pops a wheelie. (laughs) Cute. Okay, the next scene, of course, is from the episode Joey's Place, where Joey is doing a two-week college tour, comedy tour, and he's still in the alcove. The family's trying to decide what can we do to help Joey out. He really needs his own room. Granted, we don't have really any options, but then they decide to turn the garage into a a bedroom apartment, which I think that is amazing. I mean, I remember when Joey's like, oh, I don't want to ask how much this costs you. It's like, no, don't, don't, don't ask me how much this costs me to do, Joey, but you're very welcome. We do see Michelle like pointing up at Jess. She just, she just loves him. She just loves him. I think this episode must be because both Michelle and Jesse are wearing backwards caps, and he's Michelle's feeding Jesse a dill pickle, and he puts a corned beef sandwich on a plate on her her feeding tray, her uh, high chair tray. I'm just like, I know this. I've seen all these episodes a hundred times, but I cannot. And I'm just thinking, clearly, it's an episode that came well before this one. So, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and maybe guess. I think it could be maybe even from our very first promo. That's what I'm kind of guessing anyway. Let's see. There's also Knock Yourself Out. Maybe it could be also from that one because they've already shown a clip from that. And... Yeah, I'm just going to shoot for, it's got to be one of those. It's definitely got to be one of those. Is this the same episode? Because Jesse is again wearing the red backwards hat. And Michelle's got that little sweatband around her head. (laughs) It's just so cute. (laughs) Yeah, Michelle like yawns and then she turns and looks at Jesse. And Jesse turns and looks at her. It's. I love these moments between these two. Just the interactions is just, oh. And, you know, I mean, he is basically kind of playing off what she's doing and her reactions. And it's just, it's so adorable. So we see in the next scene, he's got Michelle. With, um, she's behind his head and he goes over to the fireplace where the mirror is. And he show, I guess he shows her her... Uh, her reflection. Then in the next scene, here's another scene that I don't think that we've seen. Jesse is reading a story to Michelle on the stairs. He's wearing his, you know, glasses he normally, when he's writing a new song. It says, the bunny, the ducky, 
the turtle and the egg. I'm get, I can't. But she's pulling his glasses off his face. Oh, no, she's trying to put them back out. Oh, okay. Oh, he's trying to get her into ice cream. He's got a spoon with a lot of ice cream. Jesse's got, like, chocolate sauce on his face. Michelle does, too. This is another scene that I think, I don't think it was an episode. I think this is one that they had just filmed. Just for funsies. And then we also see them together in his room, sitting on his bed. He's got his guitar. They're both wearing black berets. Michelle is blowing into a harmonica. And then she, with her other hand, she is running her fingers over the strings of Jesse's guitar. And it's just, oh, I just love all these scenes. We see them at the little table in DJ and Stephanie's room. They're both wearing green visors like a car dealer would. There's cards on the table what are they playing like 21 or blackjack i don't know so i guess michelle won because jesse is handing over like a bunch of one dollar bills to her <laughs> oh but this is such a precious scene jesse is laying on the couch with it this is oh, i'm getting teared up this is so sweet he's laying on the couch with her she's resting on his chest and it's just so cute oh we see michelle in her high chair, eating SpaghettiOs. She's basically feeding herself. I love how she looks up at Jesse and was like, see, I did it myself. God, this sport really is a pain in the butt. Hey, your family just called. Baby sick. Shell sick? What does she have? Cough, I think. Huh. Well, Joey and Danny are there. The pediatrician. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be fine. Hey, come on, Jess. Let's do it. Little boys are back in town. Yeah! All right, boys are back in town. She'll be okay. There we go. One, two, three, go. So we come out of the uh, montage here, and Jesse said, whoa, 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 guys, guys, I gotta call home for a second, just give me a second. And Samantha, Jesse, what's wrong? And Jesse's just, the kid is sick. I'm her uncle, she looks just like me. So apparently the phone is busy, maybe DJ's on the phone talking to Kimmy, because who else is going to be on the phone, right? And Jesse splits. He's like, guys, I'm I'm sorry. I'm the only one who can give her her cough medicine. And I'm I'm the best at singing her to sleep. And he 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 definitely sees like he he is needed. He he does have a purpose. And it, like I said, it's not like he can't just go off every once in a while and just have a, a weekend to himself if if you know when he needs it. They'll cover. But he knows, it's like, he doesn't want to miss out on, you know, being in Michelle's life and the girls' lives and everything. And this just gives him purpose. I think that he is realizing that. He has been 
with Michelle every day for the last seven months. Do you really want to just up and just go and get your own place and then just go back to just seeing the kid? Because Danny's even going to bring that up. You really think after being here for seven months, you can just go back to how things were where you're only seeing them on birthdays and, and Christmases, basically, and just miss out on their lives? I mean... Sure, Danny's, and he did ask a lot of Jesse and Joey to to give up quite a bit to come in there and, and basically live there and help raise the girls. But I think Jesse realizes he needs this as much as the girls need him. I really think that direction that he was looking for and that experiences and just wanting to basically find himself, I think he's finding that. I think he's finding that with his family, and he's just starting to realize that. Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry, fellas, I gotta split. And they're all like, oh, no, Jesse, don't go. It's like, guys, come on now. You don't need life to be a 24-7 party when you're 24 years old. At some point, you are going to have to eventually start to grow up. I mean, what I'm sure sounds that fun at 21 and 22 isn't going to look so hot when you're 32 or 34. At some point, someone's going to say, you need to find some direction in your life. So if you're still acting like you're 21 when you're like 35, 44 years old, then you honestly, you need to, I don't know, you kind of need to get it together. <laughs> you just, you can't, you can't do that forever. I mean, you can if you want to, but he says, Michelle needs me, and he gets ready to head out. Still wearing his snow pants. They have snow on the back. Well, fake snow. And he goes over and apologizes to Samantha. He says, oh, I'm sorry, honey, but you knew when we got involved there were other women in my life. Like, she, she knows, she knows that Jesse does come with commitments. She does seem, you know, understanding and everything like that, so. Hold on a second. I gotta call home. Jesse, what's wrong? The kid is sick. I'm her uncle. She looks exactly like me. <laughs> Damn, it's busy. I'm sorry, guys, but see, I'm the only one who give her a cough medicine, and, and I'm the best at singing her to sleep. I'm sorry, fellas, I gotta split. Michelle needs me. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. But you knew when we got involved, there were other women in my life. Yes! <laughs> All right, so now we get back to the house. We got Danny and Joey. They actually have set up a basketball hoop right where Joey's, you know, Cot used to be when he was sleeping in the alcove area. I think that is so cool. Granted, I don't think it's a real basketball basketball because it is a bit smaller. And because I can imagine just the dents you'd be putting into that hardwood floor. Boom, boom, boom. With the box in that basketball or dribbling it. You know, when we get a house one day, I, I, I told Jeremy, I'm like, I would, I have a basketball that I've had for many years that I've just sat around. It's lost air, by the way. But I want, I want my kid a basketball hoop. I think that would be so cool. I've never had one in my life. I also have a tennis racket that I would love to use one day. 
Okay, Dan, Joey is setting up this unbelievable shot. Are they playing, like, horse or something, you know, where you got to try to make the same shot as someone else? So Joey's setting up the shot. He's like, all right, I'm going to jump over to the couch. I'm going to spin around three times, drive to the hoop, double pump twice, finishing off with a reverse tomahawk monster jam. I When you listen to this, listen how serious Joey is. He's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It's like he's almost like he's planning out his day. for. All right, first I'm going to wake up. Then I'm going to tackle this. Then I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to like work on this. And then I'm going to go do this. <laughs> but it's just the way that he is so insane. Like, okay, this. Watch me, Danny. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do this. Like, oh my gosh. What's a reverse tomahawk monster? That sounds like something straight out of the 80s. Like, oh, I'm going to perform a Harlem... What is it? The Harlem Globetrotters, like, with all their fancy moves. And it sounds like something that they would pull off. This I gotta see. Okay, Joey, let's go. Let's see you and I want to see... <laughs> I bet he's going to lose Steve as soon as he falls off the couch. That just makes me think of the um, series finale when... Jesse and Joey were doing the radio show, and they were going to tag team Sven and some other person in a wrestling match. And Joey says, I'm going to jump off of the banister, land on the couch. He doesn't. He hits the floor. How he doesn't have a concussion or hurts himself any farther than that, I, I don't know. But my goodness. Danny, he's like, not believing a word. Like, is this before or after you spin straw into gold? Because I got to see this. And Joey says, oh, yeah, watch this. So he steps onto the couch. And then he steps onto the back of the couch, tries to do a spin, and lands on the floor. Oh, my gosh. He, we don't see it, guys, because he's behind the couch. But we see an arm come up with the small basketball. He makes a basket. Yes. That is skill. That is skill. You're making a basket from the floor. Like, you're on the floor. That is amazing. Joey, Dave, Dave Coulier, I am applauding you. You are a master. Oh, my gosh. The audience is, yeah, the whistling is great. Daddy is in the press. <laughs> Joey gets up, kind of, like, dusting himself off. Like, yeah, I'd like to see uh, Michael Jordan sink a shot like that with a couch on the court. Wouldn't we all? Yes. Okay. Okay. Here's the shot. I'm going to jump over the couch, spin around three times, drive to the hoop, double pump twice, finishing off with a reverse tomahawk monster jam. <laughs> Is this before or after you spin straw into gold? Oh, yeah? Watch this. Yes! Yeah, I'd like to see Michael Jordan sink a shot like that with a couch on the court. <laughs> so Jesse comes in the door, right away he asks, how is she? And Danny is like, Jesse, like, separately, what are you doing here? And Joe's like, oh, hey, buddy. And we see that Jesse's got a little stuffed bear for Michelle. And he says, where's Michelle? As he starts getting ready to go up the stairs to a room, like, where's Michelle? Do I need to give her a cough medicine? And they're looking at Jesse, like, confused. What, what are you talking about? 
And Jesse starts coming back down the stairs like, what do you mean what am I talking about? Somebody called and said Michelle was very sick. And Danny tells him, well, Michelle's fine. And Jesse's surprised, like, she's fine? And Jesse just exhales this long breath that he'd just probably been holding the whole drive from Tahoe, Lake Tahoe to home. As he says, oh, thank God. He's probably imagining the worst. And the irritation sets in as he turns and what do you mean she's fine? He's, he tells him, do you realize I've been drive, driving four hours from Lake Tahoe on my motorcycle in the freezing cold behind a cattle truck? A cattle truck? And Joey says, well, I gotta tell you, Jess, you made excellent time. So Jesse kind of turns on Danny and Joey. He is clearly irritated. All right, which one of you called? And they're well, neither of us. It must have been one of the girls. Because Jesse, I mean... Danny and Joey have no idea that this phone call even took place. Like, Michelle is 100% fine. She's upstairs sleeping right now. Danny says it must have been the girls. You shook them up the way you took off like you did. And Jesse does I mean, he says sorry, but he's not really apologizing. He's like, well, look, I'm sorry, all right? I didn't mean to do that, but it was just something I had to do. Jesse's getting ready to head to the door like he's getting ready to leave again. And Danny is like, Jesse, hang on. Talk to us. And Joey says, yeah, maybe we can help you. Like, they're willing to listen to whatever you have to say. Like, let them in on what's going on. So, Jesse explains to them, look, guys, ever since I've been out of high school... I've done what I wanted, whenever I wanted, with whomever I wanted. He likes that freedom. I'm like, Jesse, let me ask you this. Why did you decide to come here to stay and help with the girls for the last seven months? You could have said no. He did it because he loves his big sister. And if his big sister, let's just say what if Pam had lost Danny? What if it had been Danny and not Pam? You know in a heartbeat that Jesse would not have hesitated to move in and help her out. A hundred percent. But the thing is, Danny and Jesse don't have, especially in the beginning, I think that Jesse does kind of harbor a little, uh, you know, ill will a little towards Danny I think the fact that like oh this guy comes in and my sister and he run off and elope when they're 19 because Jesse's 14 he's like six years younger than Danny and Pam and he just yeah because that gets revealed at the end of season two where Jesse and Rebecca are about to elope and Danny wants to stop them. And Joey reminds him, well, remember what happened when you and Pam ran off and got married? <laughs> and saying how Jesse, yeah, he tried to beat me up. And Joey says, yeah, Jesse did beat you up. <laughs> it's pretty tough for a 14-year-old. <laughs> but I, part of me just feels like because it's Danny and not his sister, he feels that... It's almost like saying, you disrupted my life by asking me to do this. And I dropped everything because she is my sister and these are my nieces. But I still have a life that I left behind that I 
I miss. He says, I've had no one to answer to, no one to worry about, but myself. Me. So, Jesse says, I took off to find that guy. You know what? I found him. I was having a great time. I was hanging with my buddies. I was playing music. It almost makes me feel like he is getting at them, like, for trying, like, if you're trying to make me feel guilty for going off and trying to have a life outside of this house. It's like, they're not trying to do that at all. And then Jesse tells him, then I get this call that Michelle is sick. And just like that, bam, I come running back, running back right into Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And Jesse says, I'm sorry, guys. I don't think this is where I want to be. I don't know. If I were to, I mean, let's just say Danny said, okay, Jesse, hold on a second. Hey, Stephanie, DJ, can you come down? Bring Michelle, too. Okay, Jesse, I want you to tell these girls what you just said to Joey and I. Tell them, I don't think this is where I want to be. And watches their faces crumble. I don't think he would use them as a guilt card to get Jesse to stay there. Jesse's already kind of feeling a little guilty enough. It's like he wants to be able to have his, his life and still be able to also care about his nieces. But he also wants to have his own life and have the freedom to do what he wants and be with who he wants whenever he wants. So Jesse goes to the door and Joey's like, Jesse, wait a minute. And he shuts the door and says, look, you're going about this all wrong, okay? Maybe when you moved in here, you did lose something, but you gained something as well. And Jesse's just angry. He's like, what, Joseph, what have I gained? And Joey says, okay, fine, I'll give you a perfect example. Why do you think that you came rushing back here to check out a cough that either Danny or I could have taken care of ourselves? Because you care about Michelle. Because you were worried about her. You can't just up and leave and say that the last seven months meant nothing. That they didn't have an effect on you. And, yeah, Jesse says, because I cared about Michelle. But I cared about Michelle before I moved into this house. And Danny pulls a... He says, yeah, but... At that time, they were just your nieces that you would visit on holidays and, and send birthday cards to. You didn't have a real relationship with them. You weren't involved in their daily lives enough to be able to have a bond with them. Yeah, he says, Danny says, before you moved into this house, these girls were just your nieces. You stopped by four times a year to give them birthday and Christmas presents. And Danny says, it's not like that anymore, is it? And, God, I love how real Danny is being with him right now. He says, do you have any idea how important you are to those three girls? Do you? Look how much they've lost, Jesse. Do you think that they can stand to lose another family member? It's going to absolutely destroy them. I, I would have even said, you know what, you know what, Jesse, you know what DJ told me the other day? She said that after Pam passed away, she couldn't even stand to live in this house. She didn't want to live in this house anymore. But then you moved in, and Joey moved in, and things started to get better. The house started to fill up again with people and love and and everything. 
Can you honestly turn around, walk out that door, and just walk away from all of that? I know, I get it that Danny is asking a lot of Jesse and of Joey, but honestly, Jesse is the only one that seems to be really grappling with this right now. And Joey even points out, Jesse, you have been there every time those girls needed you. Yeah, and Danny says, can you honestly tell me that you can just forget about the la the past seven months? Just walk out of this house and go back to visits on birthdays and Christmas? And it just seems like we don't get much more pushback from Jesse on this subject because he kind of smiles, gives a small smile, says, they do love me, don't they? It's like, they worship you. They adore you. And, and as he starts to walk down the steps from the door, he says, oh, they really love me, don't they? And then he's, he turns to face Danny and Joey says, well, fellas, I mean, can you blame them? And Joey says, feels pretty good, doesn't it? And Jesse says, I'm going to tell you guys something, okay? You better not tell any of my friends I said this. And Jesse sits down on the arm of the couch and says, I think I'm realizing that being part of this family is filling an empty, empty space in my heart that I didn't even know was there. And guys, I, I apologize for getting choked up, but these moments of the show bring that out of me they really really do and I love what Danny says next he says Jesse we can make this easier for you you can take off time you can take time for yourself whenever you need it yeah and, and even Joey has like yeah I mean don't wait till it all builds up inside and you gotta run away from home again yeah Danny is like, hey, if you need to take off a few days, fine. We will cover for you. That's what we're here for. We're all helping each other out. Yeah, and Joey says, hey, yeah, we'll make this work. And I love what Jesse says, will you stay out of my room, Joey? Please? Can you promise me that? Okay. <laughs> Joey says, I'll try. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, this is sweet. This whole Jesse running away from home thing. Joey pats Jesse on the shoulder and says, So, Lassie's coming home? Ah, uh, Jesse sounds like, Oh, yeah, yeah, Lassie's coming home. <laughs> Danny says, I, I gotta hug somebody. And Joey says, Me too. And Jesse looked at both of them and says, You know what, you two, go nuts, guys. <laughs> Going upstairs. She. Jesse. Hey, buddy. Where's Michelle? Do I need to give her a cough medicine? What are you talking about? What do you mean, what am I talking about? Somebody called and said Michelle was very, very sick. Michelle's fine. She's fine. <sighs> Thank God. What do you mean she's fine? <laughs> do you realize I've been driving for four hours from Lake Tahoe on my motorcycle in the freezing cold behind a cattle truck? <laughs> Well, I gotta tell you, you made excellent time. <laughs> All right. Which one of you called? Must have been the girls. I think you really shook them up the way you took off like you did. No, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. It was something I had to do. Jesse, hang on. Talk to us. Yeah, maybe we can help you. Look, guys, 
Ever since I've been out of high school, I've done what I wanted, whenever I wanted, with whomever I wanted. I've had no one to answer to, nobody to worry about but myself, me. So I took off to find that guy. And you know what? I found him. I was having a great time, hanging with my buddies, playing music. Then I get this call. Michelle is sick. Bam, just like that, I come running back right into Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I don't think it's where I want to be. Jesse, wait. You're going about this all wrong. I mean, maybe when you moved in here, you lost something, but look how much you've gained. What, Joseph? What have I gained? I'll give you a perfect example. Why do you think you came rushing back here to check on a cough? Because I care about Michelle. But I cared about Michelle before I moved into this house. Yeah, but before you moved into this house, the girls were just your nieces. You stopped by four times a year to give them birthday and Christmas presents. It's not like that anymore, is it? You have any idea how important you are to those three girls? Jesse, you have been there every time those girls have needed you. Can you honestly tell me that you can just forget about the past seven months? Just walk out of this house and go back to visits on birthdays and Christmas? They do love me, don't they? <laughs> they really love me, don't they? <laughs> now, fellas, can you blame them? Feels pretty good, doesn't it? I'm gonna tell you guys something. But you better not tell any of my friends I said this. I think I'm realizing that being part of this family is filling an empty, an empty space in my heart that I didn't even know was there. Jesse, we can make this easier for you. You can take time for yourself whenever you need it. Yeah, don't wait till it all builds up inside. You gotta run away from home again. If you need to take off for a few days, fine. We'll cover for you. Yeah, we'll we'll make this work. Will you stay out of my room? <laughs> I'll try. So, Lassie's coming home? Well, yeah, Lassie's coming home. <laughs> I gotta hug somebody. <laughs> Me too. Go nuts. So Jesse goes into his room, doesn't bother turning on a on a light. Oh, by the way, in the dark, um, Stephanie doesn't need a nightlight because the jukebox has the glowing lights with the the, the tubes, and then we got like a a clock that's got like a like sunflower like leaves on it or something and then there's a an actual clock clock on the wall that's got a that's lined in uh red around it so i i know i wouldn't be able to sleep in that room with that all oh, that glowing light <laughs> actually, i actually had put a nightlight in uh, my bedroom recently and i'd had it for like less than a week and i finally it's like i think this is the reason why i keep waking up at night because i need to have like just pitch black darkness and I have to have my white noise otherwise I can't sleep. I guess he forgot that Stephanie was sleeping in that bed because he throws his jacket on his bed not expecting anyone to be there and she says hey watch it. Stephanie is like sleeping right in the middle of the bed because I mean if you think about it that bed is a little bit bigger than her own so I'm sure she's like oh all this space. 
he turns on the lights like oh sorry kid and stephanie climbs out of bed and says you're back you're back you're back <laughs> she hugs him oh i'm surprised she didn't ask if the bear was for her like no that's for michelle stephanie screams to really dj get in here quick uncle jesse's back our plan worked <laughs> yeah it sure did it sure did how much they missed you and you'd only been gone for what a full 24 hours he's like oh yeah i was i was in the neighborhood you know and dj has a million dollar question we're all wondering and she asks are you here to stay or just to pick up your stuff and leave again so he says all right girls come here sit down and he says i came back because i was worried about michelle and because i missed you two guys he says, and no, I'm not going anywhere. And Stephanie asks, so does this mean you'll never leave again? And I mean, honestly, he's not going to really be able to keep that promise, although we know he doesn't leave for a very long time. I'm trying to, I mean, between the time that Full House ended and Fuller House began in 2016, he and Becky were living in Los Angeles at the time. So how long that they had actually been out there prior to the show starting I'm not exactly sure because it just sounds like when DJ was saying well with Joey in Los Angeles or Las Vegas and then we got dad Becky and Jesse in Los Angeles and everyone just kind of spread out so he says well I can't promise you I'm gonna live here forever but what I can promise is I'm always going to be your uncle. Aww. I'm always going to be there when you two need me. I'm always going to love you two knuckleheads very, very much. Stephanie adds, crush your heart and hope to die. And Stephanie says, oh, DJ said, oh, pinky swear. Oh, the pinky swear. Oh, he does the pinky swear. And I was just kind of thinking about when did the whole pinky swear, I mean, if we don't count this and Jesse, when did the first pinky swear start up between Deej and Steph. I just, I mean, I can definitely think of the big, big one would have been during the, the season four Shape Up episode when DJ has Stephanie pinky swear not to let anyone know that she hadn't been eating for three days. And of course, when Jesse does the pinky swear, Stephanie says, oh, he does mean business. Like, you better believe it, kid. I'm going to live here forever. But what I can promise is I'm always going to be your uncle. And I'm always going to be there when you two need me. And I'm always going to love you two knuckleheads very, very much. Cross your heart and hope to die? Pinky swear! 
So Jesse then visits Michelle's room and she's wide awake. It's like she was expecting him. Cause he turns in like, oh, you're up, okay. So he immediately shows her the teddy bear. Says, I drove four hours in the freezing cold on my motorcycle to get you bring this to you. Yeah, behind a cattle truck to give you this. Here you go. And she immediately she takes it and like puts it behind her, like, okay. <laughs> and Jesse is, oh, you're not impressed, are you? Well, you did up and leave her. And I'm sure she noticed. Where's that long-haired uncle of mine? Oh, is this one of their heart first heart-to-heart talks? Michelle asks. <laughs> Michelle asks. No. Jesse asks Michelle, can I talk to you a second? Oh, his first heart-to-heart. He always goes to her whenever he needs to. Um, you know, get something off his mind. And he says, you know, when I first came here, I thought I was just going to move in for a few months to help out. And then, you know, get on with my life. But you know what? And he tells her, this is my life. And he says, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. It's like, you better believe you're supposed to be there right now. And he picks her up, pulls her out of her crib and says, do you realize, young lady, what you put me through tonight? She has no idea. Like, hey, I wasn't a part of that plan. Well, I mean, I kind of was. I w- she was basically, she was a bait. <laughs> and he says, I was with the most incredible woman in the world. Over two years old, that is. Sorry. He says, from the moment I heard you were sick, all I could think about, all I can think of was this face. Oh, I love this moment so much. He's like, what? what is it about this face, huh? He gives her a kiss on the forehead and puts her back in the and says good night kid Aww, he goes to turn out the light but he turns around because she puts her hands up again like eh. oh, she leans in like she's gonna bite his nose <laughs> it's so cute okay is this the first time we hear him call her munchkin he's like you know something you little munchkin he says i love you and she smiles Aww. and that's how the episode ends <laughs> drove four hours in the freezing cold on a motorcycle behind a cattle truck to give you this. Here you go. <laughs> Not impressed, are you? So, can I talk to you a second? You know, when I first came here, I thought I was just going to move in for a few months, you know, just to help out and then get on with my life. But you know what? This is my life. This is where I'm supposed to be right now. Come here. Do you realize, young lady, what you put me through tonight? I was with the most incredible woman in the world. Over two years old, that is. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, from the moment I heard you were sick, all I could do was think of this face. What is it about this face, huh? Good answer. (laughs) Good night, kid.
girl shot the yellow munchkin? I love you. So, like I said, that's the episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. I really enjoyed covering this two-parter. And I'm just going to kind of stick with my Tanner Teachable moment from part one. And worst outfit for, I'd say, mm, I, it's going to be Joey's, the thing he was wearing during breakfast. I wasn't really a fan of that. Best outfit. I don't know. I kind of liked, uh, I like Jesse's, uh, ski outfit. I thought that was cute. All right. So now that we have concluded Jesse's ladies, now we look towards February to the new series, Joey's Ladies. So the first episode we are going to discuss come February is season two episode as I scroll down <laughs> for heaven's sake where is it here it is season 2 episode 19 entitled Blast from the Past this is from April 7th of 1989 we are in the last decade the last decade of the we're in the last year of the 80s excuse me <laughs> so in this episode we meet Patricia Fogarty or Patty Fogarty, don't like this lady. I don't like how she was taking advantage of Joey here. Joey gets a phone call from an old girlfriend he had at college 10 years ago. Kimmy spellbinds DJ and Steph to a very close existence. She basically is doing magic. They're doing magic tricks, and she takes out these handcuffs. Kids, 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 don't play with handcuffs. They are dangerous. You can easily handcuff yourself to something or someone, and then what are you going to do? You can't, you don't have a key. You're stuck. Because that's exactly what happens to Stephanie and DJ. Thank you, Kimmy Gibbler. And they spend the night pretty much stuck together. That's got, that's, it's like they already share a room, so let's just share close proximity the thing is they gotta try to hide it from danny and joey and jesse <laughs> but joey is distracted because a former flame former old ex-girlfriend comes back into the picture after she apparently dumps joey for a guy she ends up marrying who 10 years down the road she is now divorced from yeah she basically just wants to relive old memories and hang out with Joey because he made her laugh. That is not a reason to come back into someone's life and shake it up like that. Because she hurt Joey. She really, really did. She basically dropped him and said, I want a serious relationship, so I'm dumping you and getting with this guy, Michael Winchester. And then she disappeared you know he pretty much figured that was it you know never gonna see her again she really broke his heart and then all of a sudden boom out of nowhere she tracks him down oh my goodness gracious see it's, 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 guys don't don't get married right out of while you're in college you'll get married right out of high school i mean sure i'm sure it works for some people but you got a lot of growing to do 
That's why I noticed that it seems like people nowadays are waiting until their late 20s, maybe even their early 30s before they get married. It's okay to wait. It's okay to wait. You got a little growing up to do, just like Joey is doing. Danny's obsession with tax codes inspires Michelle to do some monstrous cleaning. Yes, Danny ropes Jesse into doing their taxes at home. Well, and the thing is, at this point in the show, I thought that their um, Jesse and Joey were doing the J and J Creative Service. Well, maybe this is a little before them, before they actually formed their own business partnership. But then you got, you know, especially if you're paying for your own work expenses, you gotta add that to your taxes. It sounds like a lot more uh, work than this. I honestly. <laughs> Just because Danny pays his own taxes and doesn't use somebody, I mean, you don't necessarily have to use a professional when paying your taxes, but I find that it helps. <laughs> Honestly, it's like, let me give you all my stuff. I'm paying you because you have <laughs> this knowledge, and you can just square it all away for me as it's supposed to be. One less headache to focus on. So, yes, we're going to focus on Blast from the Past and meeting, and I'm going to tell you, not every girl that Joey's with in Joey's Ladies in the Joey's Ladies series is a horrible human. I'm not saying Patricia Fogarty is necessarily a horrible human being, but uh, she really did Joey wrong. And then, of course, after that, in season three, we're going to meet Stacy and Joey and Stacy and oh yeah, Jesse. And then we meet Roxy in Joey's Funny Valentine. I'll see. Oh, I'll see. Also, in February, Sonny Bringus has a birthday. Sonny Bringus played Ramona Gibbler, Kimmy Gibbler's daughter, in Fuller House Seasons 1 through 5. I have not decided which episode Ramona featured episode I'm going to cover yet, but believe me, by the time February rolls around, because it's currently the... We're finished up the first full week of December right now when I just finished this uh, episode, so... Yes. So look forward to those in February. And I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. Hopefully we all have a good new year. Good, good things. Fingers crossed for 2023, right? Yes. I'm, I'm saying, you know, and I'm going to cover that when I do it. I'm going to do another podcast in life episode in January. Just kind of let you guys all know how things are going with me, what my podcasting schedule, even though I already did one for a layout of the Full House schedule for 2023, I do also have, you know, just kind of give you guys a heads up on what I plan to do a little bit throughout the year. And one of those things, I may as well just tell you now, is I'm not going to announce what movies I'm doing ahead of time anymore because a lot of times it doesn't work out where I can't get to something and I don't want to get everyone's helps up anymore and just say well I can't do it this one's because of this so going forward I'm not going to tell you what movie I'm doing it may not even be in a theme of movies because sometimes I do that it may just be a random movie like oh this month I'll cover this and this month I'll cover a movie that isn't even related to the other one it's not always going to be about themes so Look forward to that, and I'll just kind of do a fun overview of how 2022 went. I also have my end-of-the-year book review 
coming up. So I'll be covering books from November and December and I believe possibly September. I don't think I got to that one. So I believe it'll be September, November, December, those books. So look forward to that towards the end of the year. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I do want to start actually doing some actual book review reviews where I go through one of my favorite books. One in particular that, and the thing is, it's a book that I always read towards the very end of December, right around New Year's. And it's going to be on my looking back on my Wonder Years podcast because the book, it's a young adult book. It is very heavily themed when it comes to teenage inter interaction. I'm not going to mince words, you guys. You all know when I mean teenage interaction, what that refers to. And that book is heavily going to be in that. And that book, of course, is Judy, Bo Judy Blooms Forever. So look forward to that one. If you want to, if you want to hear my take on it. So, all right, everyone. Again, I say have a good rest of December and I hope you all have a happy new year. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet and you'd like to, leave a review for the podcast. Bye-bye.